Welcome to episode 335 of Texting, hosted by myself and the awesome Jason Roberts. We have not spoken together for, let me see, nine months. What the heck? Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Question is, are we even the same people? <laughs> this, after nine months, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got at least three cybernetic implants at this point. Well, you have new glasses, so you, <laughs> you look a little different. <laughs> yeah, that's just because um, they are, they're just very fractional, just a fractional change, a 0.25 um, plus. So it just, because I just started to slightly blur on the screen. So I'm just making it a tiny bit bigger and it's, it's fine. That's why I wear them. But you just didn't. You said not wear glasses. Oh, I've never, I've never worn glasses. I, I don't technically need to wear these. It's just, it's kind of annoying to. I, I like right, really crystal clear, absolutely zero um, blurring on the edges of things. Mm -hmm. And there's just a tiny bit of blur now when I look at a screen. I so, um, I mean, normally, I mean, for example, Georgie is like a, a plus five and a plus seven. On, you know, on one eye she's a plus five and another plus seven. Like I'm just a point two five here. So it, it's just like a tiny little reading glass adjustment. Right, right. Well, I had to get yeah. reading glasses myself. I've been kind of uh, procrastinating about it for the last four or five years. And finally, I just really, we were, Sandy and I went out to get some uh, food at this Italian restaurant. And, you know, you, you're you doing outdoor dining, right? And so it's kind of like yeah, dimly lit and just by candlelight. And I'm looking at the <laughs> menu and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I can't read anything. And so I was just handing her, I'm like, just order for me because I don't know. I can't That's 50. It. That's what, uh, like, once you get over that 50 mark. That's just, that's the age, the magic yeah, number. that's right. Right. <laughs> so, but I, I don't feel any different. Yeah. No, me too. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so how are we going to do, can I just say, like, how are we going to do this show? Because, like, we both have nine months of updates. Um, mine would technically make the most sense in one long story. But at the same time, I don't know if you want to do your story and then my story, or if you want to try and interchange. The context switching might be a bit difficult. I would definitely like to hear your stuff first because like all the texting listeners that keep emailing us and, you know, just my, me, I just feel like I really want to hear what's going on for you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm super interested in Math Academy. I'm super interested in everything like Uber stock, Math Academy, all your <laughs> stuff, Project Superhero, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we should just go back and forth because oh, you do back and when, forth. Whenever, okay. we, whenever, whenever anyone just starts monologuing, it's less entertaining. The back no, and well, forth it, is usually better. it would definitely be back and forth, but um, I just mean folk, do your part and then we talk about it, and then my part and then we talk about it. Uh, let's uh, a little give and take. Okay, let's do a little give Fair and enough. take. We can we can um, start at high res and I mean low res and, and okay. become high resolution as we go along, maybe or whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's. I mean, well, I'll start off by saying I feel a little bit spaced um, because of the kidney stones that I have and the meds I'm on for that. And also, I got my second coronavirus vaccine yesterday. So I'm feeling a little bit weird. So the coronavirus is, I mean, the vaccine for the coronavirus causes some people to have symptoms for a day or two, right? Yeah. And very sore arm, I'll tell you that. Well, here's a question. Did you, did you get um, uh, any symptoms after the first injection? Nothing. Except, right. except for a very sore arm. Right, Super right. sore arm, but no symptoms whatsoever. But now you do have some symptoms. Oh, yeah. Like a, yeah, little, like a light flu kind of it's thing? Just like, it's just like a lightheadedness. It's like um, joints hurting. Mm -hmm. It's like um, tired. It's sort of like not being able to think right. Like I keep on doing things two times. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, I, did I just do that? <laughs> yeah. So were you able to get one because of underlying conditions earlier? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. I thought you might ask that question. Um, so what happened was um, a number of people said to me, maybe you have, you, know, you have the chance to get this because of Modern Teacher, because you work for Modern Teacher. So I didn't really know whether that was possible or not, but I looked up uh, within like a 25-mile radius all my local clinics and found the one that was like the least busy. Called them up and said, okay, so I want to find out, like, am I allowed this vaccine? I explained my job. I said that I, I mean, I don't go into schools very much, kind of like once every couple of years, but I do, I am a, a school tech in, you know, conceptually, technically. And um, they said, they said, A, actually you technically are allowed to get it. And B, you really should get it because, um, in this in this clinic, we really want to vaccinate people, and if people are technically allowed, we want them to get vaccinated. So when I went to the clinic, there was like three people there or something. I mean, I just walked both times. I just walked in, like no queues, no lines. There's like twenty staff, but no no one taking the no one getting a vaccine. Yeah, that's so. um, that's a little surprising. I can I can see why they would take that approach if they're not getting a a lot. Of, I mean, if you had like a line of hundred people and they're like look yeah. there are people who who really are in he, should be ahead of you or not getting it then mm-hmm. yeah i could that wouldn't be the best thing but yeah it's funny i i well i got my first shot uh last week because mm-hmm. uh, the 50 plus age bracket opened up and i'm 50 now so um <laughs> yeah which is weird but um yeah but it was, it was it was yeah sandy signed me up for some like alert list Kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we, I, I, I got it in the morning, and like I, I literally was there like three hours later or something. Did you get which one? Did you get the Moderna or the, the Pfizer? Moderna? Yeah, I got the Pfizer. Of course, we got. Well, the, the Moderna is just kind of like the Cadillac of vaccines. No big deal, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Pfizer even really works, but uh, you know, at least you'll feel better about yourself. Uh, um, the that's there. The, it was interesting though, as I went there, and. I, you know, it was at, P- at Pasadena City College, and I'm like, well, where the hell at Pasadena City College, right? And I said, ah, you know, I'll go park there, and I'm sure there'll be signs pointing, vaccinations this way, that kind of stuff, post little little posters or something. Of course, there's nothing, right? <laughs> and oh, so I just, park, I just park on the street, and I just start wandering around. Because everything else is like permit That's only. That's a big place. That's a big place. Yeah, City I mean, it's not UCLA. I mean, it's not that big. But I mean, it's still like, you know, you leave yourself 15 minutes, you know, to get to find the thing. You're like, oh, crap. Am I going to miss my appointment? So I start wandering around and eventually find some police officers or, or security. And they're like, yeah, it's over there. But so I go there. And look, you're right. There was nobody in line. There were three people sitting on, in chairs. Like after you get the injection, you're supposed to hang out for 15 minutes. Make sure you don't have a yeah. reaction. Yeah. And I go up, the guy asks for my license, double checks on the phone within, I don't know, 90 seconds to get my injection. Yeah. But and it's was, so quick. But what was interesting is apparently there's a drive through, right? And so it was, this was in a parking deck, the PCC, the Passing City College parking deck, right? And, there was a, and then I see there's this big line of cars where people are getting their injections while sitting in their car. Not like they're ordering a milkshake or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady, after she vaccinates me, she goes, okay, here's your, you know, make your appointment for next time. And here's your sort of information thing, you know, and it's a little sheet of paper. And it says, you know, your, your follow-up is on April 22nd. And it goes, 
only drive through, no walk up. And I was like, well, I just walked up today. Can I walk up there? She's like, yeah, but it's just, you know, more convenient to drive through. And I'm like, okay. And I look at this line of cars. And as I walked out, I realized the wall, the line of cars, there's probably 50 cars. Oh, my God. Going th- Everyone's three levels. It was like you're leaving a Dodger game or something. I mean, it was a nightmare. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking next time. I'm yeah. walking. Like, what are you even talking about? It's <laughs> more hilarious. convenient to sit in your car for an hour. You know, like, I don't, I don't. I don't get it. But yeah. anyway, we're um we're on the way. Did it hurt so you your got arm? Two, Did it hurt so you should arm? be good to go in two weeks. Well Georgie weekend. Georgie got um Georgie got Moderna and she's had both of hers as well. She was way like months ago because of being works you know with kids. Uh, works with kids and is a healthcare worker, yeah. Um yeah. So we're we're almost fully vaccinated. I mean obviously Jack um is the one, the only one Well, left. little kids don't really seem to be that susceptible to it anyway. Yeah. But we're we're still gonna kind of we're still gonna do like stay at home until until his vaccine's available, basically. Yeah, we're um. Well, you've been living up in the mountain this whole time, dude. I am. I have become like pandemic mountain living. I I have it down. Like we are like ninjas at this. Do you point. have a newsletter? Like we we have a tightly defined ecosystem. We know exactly how much to shove. Exactly like. 2.5 millimeters of milk you know like 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 our, our bins have minimal waste in them right because because you because the grocery store is not that convenient so if you're going to go there you need to know exactly what you're going to get it's, the it's very inconvenient yeah and um and, and everything we do is like obviously um pick up so we have to order on a list then we go to the grocery store and then they sort of bring it out to us um and we have worked out how to replicate we used to be 100 restaurant people and fast food people like we, I think we're done now. We'll ne- we're never going to do that again. Like, really? so this is this Why? has been good for us because we've learned how to do how to just be be really happy living at home and not going to restaurants, not going. Well, to you're food. foodies. I mean, you always told me how you guys were foodies. We're making, we're cooking. You're foodies yeah. who cook your own food. Basically, we have worked out how to replicate the dishes that we like. You know, really, and yeah. So it's, I mean, obviously not as good as a cordon bleu chef or something like that, but like enough, enough. that. Good yeah, enough. enough. Good enough, exactly. Hell, a lot cheaper too, right? Oh yeah. I mean, George is lot and also healthy. I mean, I got my numbers done um, just last week. My um, cholesterol has gone down like by I don't know thirty percent or something. Like made like a really big number. That's great. Um, George has lost thirty five pounds. Like <laughs> it's been it's been good in that sense for us. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get the COVID nineteen, but I got the COVID fifteen. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. It wasn't good. Wasn't good. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, I was. I had injured my elbow, you know, year, a couple of years ago. My last um, Operation Superhero attempt, mm-hmm. and um, that really took me out of, of of lifting. I had I had had surgery and all this stuff, and it just never it's never come back. So, you know, I go through these sort of. Um, cycles where i get really motivated and i work and then work out really hard and then i and train really hard and then injure myself and lose motivation so anyway um you know when they shut the gyms down it was like what the hell am i gonna do you know and i'm not really much of a push-up and sit-up guy so i just wasn't really doing anything and um you know i read an article uh it's a new york times article about a few weeks ago and they said that they had done some study and the average person over the pandemic has gained 0.6 pounds Per week. Oh, so almost okay. two and a half pounds yeah. per month. Yeah. And that's about exactly what happened to me. 
<laughs> I was looking. I was okay. like, yeah, I get about two pounds a month for a good six, seven Go months ahead. or seven, eight months 50. or whatever. So yeah. I, I, I put on, I put on a solid fifteen pounds. I got to hit two twenty, and and then I was like, was that? That's just that's that's really that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. You were at two twenty, two twenty and change. Yeah. Huh. And, then, and this is this is in the morning. Dark naked. I mean, this isn't like round up. I was two fifteen. I'm kind of making up play. I'm like, no, this is like, I'm trying to. My lightest was two fit was two twenty and point six or something like that. And well, then, I mean, why do why do you look like Thor and I look like you know Fluffy the Snowman? Like we're the same weight. What the what the f is the deal here? <laughs> that oh, is ridiculous. We all have our we we you know. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> um, anyway, I uh, I store most of my fat in the sort of in, in the gut. You know, it's kind of funny. They have there's two kinds of fat. There's the sort of the uh, subcutaneous fat, which is kind yeah. of the outside of the muscles. It's underneath the skin and it's kind of flabby. And then there's the oh I can't remember what it's called, but it's the kind that's in the it's in between the organs. <laughs> so you still can still see stomach muscles and stuff, but there's fat kind of and it's less you healthy. Get- how about your legs? Like, do you get any on your legs? No. Yeah, I get absolutely zero on that part, and then the rest—it just all goes. It's distributed between. The, anyway, no. this is this is boring shit. This is not what. No, no, no. What but, but I hit, I hit, I, I flipped the switch in October, and now I've lost um, eighteen pounds. Oh, so you're now under two hundred. Uh, no, goes at two twenty. So I'm at like two hundred two. Okay. So, okay. Uh, now cool. I took a little bit of a diet break, so I'm I'm you know going to try and shoot down another 10, 12 pounds. Okay. So, but nice. part of it was we got an elliptical. You know, first mm. you could even order like you could not get exercise like equipment. A, a professional one, like a like a proper one, or like a close. Okay. They're still really expensive, but you know you, the professional ones. The problem is they're just ginormous. Yeah, yeah. And they take up your entire garage or whatever. So you I got what I though. would call like the prosumer. <laughs> is it in the garage yeah yeah oh, nice. so i got that and that made a huge difference because we got the we got a big screen tv and the st- in stream so i can watch amazon <laughs> just movies. like a gym the robert's gym and then you Ex- can jump into the pool afterwards as well that's right that's what i would do up until finally it was like it was too cold and sandy's like it's costing a fortune to keep the pool heated so um, okay but um but you know we had i could stream movies so i would just watch uh you know every two workouts would be a different movie right I was just blasting through all these movies. <laughs> oh, uh, but it, but good, it that, worked. It worked. Okay, nice. And nice. And I got uh, and Sandy. Sandy really. She's like, I always had a dream. I always wanted to have like a uh, do rowing. I'm like, that's your dream. She's like, yeah, that's my dream. <laughs> all right, <laughs> if that's your dream, baby. Like whatever you want. She's like, well, I want the Hydro Row 2000 or whatever. I'm like, sweetheart, get whatever you want to get. You know what I mean? Like I I will invest in your health. <laughs> so we got like this top of the line. It's called the Hydro Row, and it's like you can row like the Charles or the Thames or whatever. And it's, oh, that's awesome! And uh, so she she does that every day. She does like twenty minutes of that, twenty minutes of elliptical, or jumps back and forth. I'm just a pure elliptical. I'm not so into that's rowing. cool. So you guys are both pretty healthy. I mean, I've been keeping up with Anwar, my personal trainer, who mm-hmm. uh, who trains me once a week, and now Georgie works with Anwar as well once a week. Mm-hmm. So she's you know. As as well as like losing weight, she's, she's also your, becoming. She's kicking your ass now. She's basically kicking my ass. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what's going. On. <laughs> Come on, fatty, let's do this. <clears throat> um, yeah. Well, I'm. Um, we're planning on going. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go on a couple vacations this summer. 
And so I want to, I kind of want to hit, you know, a certain level of fitness before we go. Just, this is just as a goal. So this um, brings up the point that we got an email from Chris uh, who has written a book and was quite inspired by your Project Superhero stuff and by you in general, by the way. Um, so I thought it might be just worth uh, mentioning that. Oh, yeah. So Chris Schwartz, or Schwartz, I can't try to pronounce it, ends in a Z. Is that Schwartz or Schwartz? Schwartz. Schwartz. Maybe it's my bad for saying Schwartz. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't say I it. Would, I would have pronounced it Schwartz, but then I started second-guessing myself. Yeah, so I don't, Schwartz, Schwartz. Either way, he's... Um, He's been a listener for uh, since episode eighty, which is I don't know two thousand eleven, two thousand ten, and um, he's a, a PhD in electrical engineering, and uh, you know he's he's full he's full uh, scale tech nerd like us, and um, but he said he wanted to do something outside of just work, and what he ended up doing is writing a novel of all things, and got it published. It's called The Cash. Which I wrote it down here. It's called. They cache a Black Hawk Bend mystery, which was really cool. He said that he he said in part he was he was inspired in part by us of just doing, you know, our, our <laughs> random crazy projects. And um, he uh, he said one of the characters in there was um, inspired by the stories I told of Colby, being yeah, kind of, you know, <laughs> the, the math and the programming, and then and then also being like a football player and stuff. So he didn't make his he he wrote like a teen. It sort of it sounded like it was like a group of it was about a group of teenagers who are sort of real kind of science. They solve mysteries or things with, but or you know, are solve problems with their knowledge of you know math and science and technology. But he didn't want to make it a stereotypical geeky, nerdy math kid, and mm-hmm. so the kid's a mm-hmm. football player like Colby and everything. So yeah, he, he very generously uh, sent uh, is sending us a um, a signed copy. So, That's awesome. You so 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 your words from texting are really ending up on the internet and in print and because even even lux surface area now like i just checked it the other day there's 228,000 websites that reference lux surface area at this point when it when it and what's really funny is it wasn't like something that you planned it was something that just kind of came up in conversation it's like you're like eh, it's almost like you got a a lux surface area well <laughs> <You> see <know? laughs> It's like if you just say enough dumb stuff, eventually something comes <laughs> out that works. Stick. Well, that's right. It, it's like quantity begets quality, right? Quantity, quantity is its own quality. Yeah, but I, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of garbage that. But but I think what happens is, um, you know, it's funny. There was a. I remember when I read this book on filmmaking, um, and uh, one thing they said we're talking about is that. You know, when you're making a film, and, we're, and they're talking about sort of low-budget filmmaking or whatever, it's like the ratio of the amount of footage you have to what you use is correlated to the quality, right? So if like if someone says, hey, let me show you this video took, and they're literally showing you the entire video, it's horrible, right? <laughs> if it's like, well, I cut off a little bit of it, but if someone has hours and hours of footage, and they it. cut it together and give you 90 seconds, there's a chance that it might it's actually be, awesome. be watchable. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's sort of the same kind of thing. But anyway, it's it's um it's it's really weird, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I I just said it on that interview we did with Gabriel Weinberg of Duck uh-huh. Duck Go fame and yeah. um and uh he really lo- he he really le- he really built that because he sort of he he consumed what you said and he was like, "Huh. That is a really good concept." And then he's like, "That's that's kind of one of my favorite mental models." And he's just used it as like to help him grow Duck Duck Go. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he, he wrote a book, um, was it Super Thinking, it's called, and he included it as one of the mental models in there, which is, um, I don't know, really cool. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, what was, was interesting, though, about it, so you and I, just, we just talked about the show. I just blurted it out, right? It was not, a, it was not, a, it, was a, it wasn't a thing. We're doing mm-hmm. an interview with Gabriel. I just said it. I said, it's kind of like this. And he's like, what do you mean? And I kind of explained. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess it kind of is. And I, whatever. And that was kind of the end of it. And then um, Lance Jones, um, one of our listeners and a friend of ours, he, um, he emailed me and he said, hey, Jason, I was thinking about referencing this thing. Do you mind if I write about this thing you mentioned on the show? And I said, you know, maybe I should just write like a canonical explanation of it. And then you can link to that. And he's like, oh, yeah. okay. And so the, he graciously didn't gave me the time to do that so i took a week or whatever and eventually it was just a little thing and that was that's it i mean that was it and then it just kept going and it's just really weird i don't know but but what's interesting about it is it's an interesting study in etymology because um i don't know how many cases where you can actually trace the beginning of the concept to a moment on air and and like that (laughs) that's the moment and then now, now it's, I mean, 228,000 websites. I mean, that's, in, for some people, that's just regular, their regular parlance now. Lock surface area is just a thing they say. I mean, I know I do. So and that, weird. that's from you. It's <laughs> from so weird. You know, it's like, I, after you sent that email, I, uh, I went and, um, and looked at a few, I, 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 I just looked at the results. I didn't read it. I can't actually even re- read somebody talking about it. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> you know, you know how, like, you you'll see some actor or actress and they'll say, "Oh, I I never I don't watch the movies I'm in." And you're like, "Come on, that's bullshit, right?" <laughs> now I can understand. It's too there's something that's really embarrassing about it. You're just like, "I don't know, whatever. I I can't even I can't even I don't know." In 100 years, it's going to be a regular parlance, like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's going to be like that. It's going to be a regular thing and they'll be able to trace it back to the the moment of of spark so yeah. i think that's kind of cool i think that's kind of cool um it's just really bizarre but uh yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I i the only thing i'd say about it is it's like um you know to be i mean that'll probably be the thing i do that if anybody remembers me for anything that's it <laughs> yes. and it's like really like that's what i'm remembered by for <laughs> It's like it's like it's like blur like the 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 song that they're remembered for is like woohoo like that, that but they've done so much more clever stuff you know what I mean Yeah and they and they hate it they they begin to resent it right they're just like Jesus Christ you God know damn it And there's tons Why of actors And there's tons of actors and musicians and writers of all kinds who are known for something that they don't even view as good it's yeah, it's not even good. It's not and and and, and they're just like and they're just like okay, whatever. And then anyone who ever wants to talk to him wants to talk to him about that one thing. About and, that one thing. Yeah. And they're just like, so forever, I'm going to be attached to this thing. Now, luckily, it isn't that important, <laughs> or it isn't that, so I don't get you know have to deal with it. But, but it's I, nice I, that I, it's connected with math, you know, which is which is kind of your the essence of of Jason. Yeah, math. I guess it is a little mathy in a sense, at least the way I describe it. But that's just see just see how, what I did there. See that segue. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, hey, enough about me. What let's segue oh, you out? I'm boomerang. Me? Let's. Uh, let's. Th- th- I'm going to bounce this back to you because too much about me. Let's. Let's hear. Let's hear what you've been. Uh, you're like. You're like. Um. Yeah. You're like a mountain man of mystery. You got all these little projects up there. <laughs> Nobody even knows what you're even doing. You know. Well, you, are anyone... you writing a manifesto or are you <laughs> writing software? What are you doing up there? So, for anyone who has um, listened to the show, you might have noticed that I tend to. Uh, to switch around projects every now and again. 
um, to just sort of say that lightly. In fact, I switch around quite a lot. And in the old days, that used to happen like every two to six shows, I'd be doing a new project. So since we haven't spoken for a year, um, the, the projects that I speak about now, there's there's quite a few of them, but don't get frustrated that or excited about any specific project because I've probably moved on from it. But it's still an interesting story, so I thought I might just tell you the story about it anyway. Um, so I'll we'll just I'll just sort of keep going through them. Uh, one wrap up that I'll do is with Taskflow. Um, mm-hmm. Remember Taskflow, the project management tool. Yeah, I've dropped it, lost interest. Um, Why? Because because all the other stuff I'm about to tell you about was just more shiny and interesting. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so was it that you weren't interested in it? It's just there were more inter- there was more interesting stuff. I felt like other stuff um, had more potential for my enjoyment a and for mon- for monetary gain b. Okay. Uh, the other stuff that I'm going to talk about. Well, look, I mean, it is really hard to work on something you're not excited about. So yeah, if you're not excited that is about very it, and, true. and it's it's all relative, right? I mean, if you have well, that's the thing I've noticed. If there's something I want to work on, then anything else is almost impossible for me to do. Mm-hmm. It is really hard. That's why it's hard to work on more than one thing at a time because you get, yes. as we say, we get the madness about it. It's the madness, yeah. One of your terms. It is very true. You get the madness, yeah. and you cannot, you cannot go. You can't. You can. You get a situation. You know when you're like at, at, uh, in these standardized tests, you'd, you'd be like, okay, I have only so much time, and I have to read these paragraphs, write these answers, this question. You're like, oh, I'm reading this really quickly. Okay, now I'm really reading this fast, and you're like, oh, what the hell did I just read? Right? It's like. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm working. I am now. I'm working on this thing. I am working. I'm solving problems. I am not gonna like. I'm not even doing anything. I'm just staring at this, you know, GitHub log or something. And you know, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. I so know. anyway, I get it. I'm sure most of our listeners have been there and they get it. So it's like, even if something is like, hey, it has potential. You put so much work into it. You should see it through. You know, dude. If you lost the love, you lost the love, man. What are you gonna do? So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up. Some of our storylines, the more boring boring ones that have been going, well, boring for listeners, they're not necessarily boring for me. Right. Let's talk about uh, some boring stuff. And, and then, <laughs> well, just to, just to wrap up. So Modern Teacher, you probably want an update of what's going on with Modern Teacher. So I, I'm sure I told you before that that had been moved into maintenance mode a couple of years ago. Um, well, the pandemic was really good for Modern Teacher. Um, and now I've been hired back on as full-time, um, full-time dev and CTO back on Modern Teacher. So that's good. Um, there's some interesting changes to all the pipeline and the funnels and the revenue model, and um, that's cool. So, so you're making just, your you're making your uh, your daily bread. That's good for making daily bread. Yes, exactly. So, so, okay, so George so. is probably happy about that. So that's modern teacher. All right. So Nugget. Well, hold on, hold on. Little... Let me see. So Georgie's happy about that, right? Georgie is very happy about that. She's happy about a lot. In fact, she did. She has been doing um, an like her online uh, training to teach play therapy. She teaches play therapists, play therapy. And she did a live uh, course for like two, two years. And um, she recorded all of the Zooms. Well, after my Roblox experience at automating and mining carrots, it made me think, you know what? We've got all this content. We need to create an automated sales machine that just sort of sells this at a much better price. So originally it was like 2,700 to do this course with her live. Now we sell it for 499. And like... I mean, it's doing well. Like yeah. we're getting like we're getting like one or two sales a day. You're making so. millions of dollars. I don't millions. know about millions, but it's doing it's doing good. It's no, that's, it's basically it's fully automated. It's really great. Like everything, like the whole funnel end to end. So it's it's sweet. You turned a, tra- like, <laughs> turn a service into a product. <laughs> George is like, I can't believe it. 
I wake up and there's four hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> it's just like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I exactly my 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 buddy uh, Gustav. Remember my stories of Fezzo? The the he. Um, of course. Well, Always. I won't go into it. years and years and years ago. Um, this kid. He, well, he's now forty. He's now forty one. But when he was like twenty. It was like this uh, Swedish kid who was on my soccer team who 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 allowed to invited to live with us for a while. Yeah, he lived with you. Yeah, I long long story. That. Anyway, at one point when he he came back to visit, he's like, "J man, he's like, um, we have a store, an online store. It makes money while you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping, J man, and I'm making money." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that is the holy grail. That is that is what's so great about the internet. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, no, it's great. So. But again, like I said, you tr- you you turn you take a service and turn it into a product, yeah. Which you took something you have very little leverage, and you magnified the leverage. That's why you can drive the price down, you know, right? Because now, because the marginal cost of of just selling that is so much less. But it was great because she didn't know it at the time, but she basically recorded 150 hours worth of content. You know, like that's that's huge. So it's it's very high value for them to buy that yeah. and watch it again. And it's even better because it was all recorded live, even though we didn't have cameras or mics. It was just on her shitty little MacBook Air. You know, that's enough. Like, it's just good content. It's her talking to it. She always had like 10 people in the room and maybe five people online. So there was a projection behind her of herself for the people in the room. Yeah. And then the people online, you know. So it was, it's like a bit, the quality's a bit janky, but the content is good. You know, well, I, I doubt that's, you know, it's like there was a great, um, I was, re- I was listening to a podcast or a, a, a YouTube video of Paul Buhite, the of the guy who created um, Gmail, mm, and yeah. he was talking about Gmail. I mean, this I think this thing was recorded several years ago. I just you know, happened to run across it, and he's like, he was talking about how bad Gmail was in some ways. Like their contact list stuff was horrible for years. Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, your product. I can't remember how if it goes. If I, I might have it backwards, but he's like, your product does not have to be great. If it's good, <laughs> yeah. In other words, I agree with that. What it did do, it did really well. The thing that people really need to, the fact that it's contact management, a contact list was garbage. It did was it was sort of a non-issue. Mm-hmm. You know, people could really check good. and it sort through their email, email really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was critical. So, but what these people are getting, what it's doing for them, it's getting this information across to them. They need to learn probably for their credentialing and things like that. They're like, yeah, this they, is can great. Get, they can get credentials. Yeah. They can get yeah. credentials. So like they're, so they're checking it. boxes. They're like, I don't, I don't really care. I don't need this to be HD, man. You know, it's like watch this stuff, learn it, update my licensing or credential. Learn what I need to learn. Yeah. That's good. Well, good, good job. Uh, good job seeing that and going like, Hey, let's make yeah. money while we sleep. Well, you, that was specifically because of Roblox carrot farming. Well, I don't even know what that is, what you're talking about. So you're going to have to I'm, explain. I'm so, so remember, remember I told you Rob, in the, remember I told you that like in, in the Roblox game, uh, Skyblocks at the time, I, I basically was playing the game with Jack and we set up these automated carrot farms. So the carrots grow and then they automatically go onto the conveyor belt. I don't know if we ever they go down the chute. A, I don't know if we ever <laughs> we, co- we covered did, this in a we podcast. Did. We did. We did. You did just we? forgot about it. Okay. It's, it's in the show notes. It's in oh, the okay. show notes. You, right, you literally okay, said bad. Justin's automate. So, so um, that Roblox experience um, led me towards that and um, to other stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. But are you still, are you still enjoying like me telling my, what yeah, the things I, I'm working on? Do you want to switch back I to you? I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Okay. So Nugget, let's just, let's just do <laughs> a wrap up should. of Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I think you should write a blog post. <laughs> of like how to like like as if it's like this 
brand, uh, you know, this this is something you just discovered, like how to make money while you sleep. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Like, it's really earnest. Like, yeah, it's like you can sell stuff on the internet. It doesn't even matter if you're awake. It's, you know, people are going to be like, <laughs> is this a joke? All right, let me talk about why I'm closing Nugget, the wind down of Nugget. You're killing the Nugget. But it's not that I'm closing it down. It's that it's going to be metamorphosed, metamorphized into a butterfly. It's going to be something new. Okay. Except I'm not doing that because at the end of this whole list, there's going to be the big reveal about the actual project I'm working on. Okay. And I will. I will circle back. The big to reveal. That, You're not going to show the full Monty because we are on video, right? <laughs> um, so let I me was, give me a ten seconds so I can log off first. So with so really, what Nugget has uh, boiled down to is my main focus has been working as a one-to-one mentor with Matteo Mosca, who's one of the Nugget community members. Okay. Who basically has so much hustle. He is just he's just hustle, hustle, hustle. He's a straight up hustler. Long, all day long. That. Um, we during the like during these last like nine ten months he has iterated through seven projects um but using no code to build them so he's done things like um he's got one project called hey hi which basically is a is a widget that you can put on your website and instantly someone can click a button and then they can do a video call with you so and he sold he sold some copies of that you know he's he sold some subscriptions another one called replay hero where it's a similar kind of thing but it, it allows your customers to record a screencast of um the bug that they encounter. And another thing he did is called Hustlejet, which is a prospecting toolkit, find leads and stuff like that. But he's got, he's built kind of like, as he's been doing that, he's been sort of building in public and he kind of got a following about from there's no code guys, dude, how are you like making all these websites, these fully blown apps in no code? Like it's, it, it's kind of hard. So the, 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 the gradual uh, movement has been towards him building, um, What's the name of it again? Superbill. It's got to teach people how Superbuild. to solve problems with no code. No code, no code. So basically, it's it's a boot camp. It's like a live boot camp. But then the same thing as I just described with Georgie, where that's going to be recorded and then and then sort of sold. So it's initially a service. But he has also uh, created courses. Essentially, he's earned about 15 grand through his different projects and the different things that he's doing. And it's been really awesome to work with him and see see the light bulb go off. So even though... I may have said everything on day one. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, you know, this, this, and this. It, it, it wasn't until like month four that that thing like, cha-ching, got it, you know? Well, so yeah, now, I mean, look, yeah. <laughs> that's how learning is. People can tell you stuff mm. and you can even regurgitate to them. It doesn't mean you really learned it. Yeah. You have, yeah. Most, most real learning is sort of, it has to be active. You have you have to learn hard lessons. You have to actually go through the, the steps yourself. That's what's inf- that's why it's endlessly infuriating for parents of teenagers and young adults because they repeat all your mistakes, even though you tell them don't do this, do this. <laughs> they still do it, and you're just like, you know, you know. And sometimes you can hopefully get them to avoid the biggest errors, you know, because you think, oh, yeah. my my kids are just going to be an optimized version of me, you know. No, mm-hmm. they have their own life to live. You can tell them yeah. stuff, and you can, if you're willing to, if you have the patience and you keep drilling stuff in the head, you can get them to avoid the biggest mistakes or, you know, get them doing some things that are a little more efficient or whatever, a little more productive or effective. But yeah, anyway, that's just not how learning works. You can't just sit down and tell someone and they just like know it. It doesn't, it does, learning doesn't work like that. 
it's like I, I was talking to him the other day and just like, you know, this is after he's made 15 grand, you know, and it's like, what what do you think now of this process that we've gone through? Like, there's so much to understand. He's like, yeah, it's it, it's deep. There's there's a lot of things to understand in this business space. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, if you check out Superbuild, um, it's it's the website's great, the marketing site's great, the copy's great, like every part. So I th I'm pretty sure that this one is going to generate a lot more money than anything well, else he's done. Is there much out there right now, like websites de devoted to reviewing no code code tools and tutorials on all the different no code? It's a hot topic, um, and it comes up on Product Hunt quite a lot, and there's quite a few boot camps, no-code boot camps, like the one that he's doing, so it's not an unvalidated market. Um, it's, yeah. it's a it's very existing market, yeah. Yeah, well, it seems like there'd be plenty of for SEO stuff, just writing tutorials and reviews yeah. of that stuff. Well, th there's Building lots. And, I mean, we've been exploring like, um, like 30 different uh, customer acquisition channels, things like that. Okay, how are we going to get people by creating an app, a Slack app? How are we going to get people by uh, creating a mini, a micro site? You know, how are we going to get people by SEO? So all that stuff. So it's like yeah. the big, the big amount of work that needs to get done. Um, but so anyway, so that's been great. Um, and I'll just wrap up the Nugget stuff. You know, what what essentially is kind of the the end of Nugget, although it's going to still stay in existence until I build this new thing that I'm about to tell you about. But there's been uh, like about 1,200 people have gone through the boot camp. And my learning from that, oh, by the way, and that's in no small part to going on Rob Walling's show. Um, so he interviewed me on Solace for the rest of us. And, you know, I'm going to say 250 people came through um, just from that one interview. Um, and that was a, a really fun show back down memory lane, by the way. But um, yeah, my real learning uh, from after all this time from Nugget, you know, I've gone through incremental learnings. Like the first one was, you know... People aren't gonna. People are gonna churn a lot if you're just sending them ideas for forty nine bucks a month. Then I churned, turned it down to a less price. They still churn. Then I started training them. Blah 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 blah. Then the, the the thing about content, teaching people content is it's catch and release, and that's really painful because you just get these spikes. Ten grand, nothing for three months. Ten grand, nothing for three months. That's just kind of annoying, and it's a lot of effort. Um, but what I've learned truly about this is I made a mistake in the very early days of trying to create a linear pathway, a linear learning pathway. That's the single biggest mistake that I've made. So all the module, all, so it's it's basically a linear pathway of different modules. Like the first one is come up with an idea. The next one is like teaching you about the fundamentals of marketing and business. And like another one might be validate your idea. Um, it needs to be not linear and just those courses that you can kind of pick and choose sort of like when you go to a spotify and you just go oh i'm going to watch agents of shield or i'm going to watch this so more like that kind of a platform so that is ultimately the platform that i'm going to move into and the the brand of it's going to be indie founder because because the other problem is the nugget just doesn't have the gravitas working with charles fred at true space and all the design that they've done like that the gravitas of that of of, of the presentation on the website that has really affected me um, in terms of my design. Um, so yeah, so that's so. <laughs> so then I started. I started getting really sort of the madness about the indie founder thing, and started going, okay, what, what, how do I split up my content? What are the first things I need to write? And then I realized the really first thing that I need to teach people is how to get free traffic, because that that's when I look back at all the successful ones like the people like the you and the me who've, who've at least got somewhere and Matteo, it's because before they started this journey, 
they were doing stuff that got them traffic. They were playing around in a sandpit. They were basically learning how to create traffic, which is basically the foundation of business. Um, because what, what people do is they go ahead and build a product and then they launch it and they're like, where is everyone? <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. So then I started writing that, realized that it kind of needed to be well-formed and encountered a really cool thing uh, by Rob Fitzpatrick called Write Useful Books, which I would recommend to anyone to go and check out. And so um, he wrote a book called The Mom Test, which is basically a very short book, like sold on Amazon, that teaches you how to do custom development. Um, but what he really learned through that process is that there's a way of writing books where, it, where there's no fluff, there's no padding. It just really solves a problem for people and that markets itself. It just, because it's just so useful. It just markets, it markets itself. So I, I did that and um, learned a lot. And then other stuff came in in the middle of me writing the book, even though I was really enjoying writing the book and people, I had a list of beta readers and they really were like, yes, this is awesome. I can't wait for this to be finished. Yes, I want to buy this. But other stuff came in. So, okay. More shiny stuff. <laughs> More shiny stuff. So that's kind of on hold. And I still feel like I don't really want to do that until I've knocked something out the park, you know, mm -hmm. so until I've, you know, done a, Maybe not something as well, big you as just write them as just, just write them as blog posts initially. I mean, that, usually what happens is, is that you a lot of these books are a compilation of blog posts plus some other stuff, new stuff. I might it. do that if if it serves me well. Um, but it, for any of these other projects, it doesn't exactly serve me very well. Okay. So, but but I do feel like a sort of moral obligation to to create a, a platform that can help founders who are lost like me, spending twenty five years not getting anywhere, get somewhere. That's okay. So I'm going to circle back. Anyway, so I started building a Roblox game. I okay. just like I built a Roblox game and um, that has been an absolute blast. Like the Roblox community, I mean, just absolutely millions of users, like 150 million users wow. and building a game. And did I did I tell you or show you about this game? I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you know what Roblox is? I do. My my girls used to play it all the time. I think I don't think they play it anymore. Really, but the, you know they're what in seventh and ninth grade, but they did for the longest time. Yeah, they put all the time. Okay, let me just. Uh, can I just quickly show yeah, you a quick ahead. demo? And shut that down. Yeah, well, the um, my daughters were teaching, having me go through these what they call obbies or these obstacle courses. Yeah, obbies. Yeah. To learn, you get some hand-eye coordination on how to use the controls. I mean, I sucked. Yeah. And they would just <laughs> be laughing their heads off and like, "Come on, dad," you know, and "Daddy," you know, you know, and I'd be like, just. Uh, we did that for a while. I was, I was getting better. I should probably get back on that with them so I can play with them because I was just not good enough to play any games with them because it was so, you know. It's such a, well, if, if, as an adult, it's hard to pick that stuff up and be really good at it, I think. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, so I hired a guy to build the sort of, I, the designs, but I coded up everything else. So he just sort of put in 3D models and built the stuff. But for example, to make the tracks move and their moving effect. Yeah, I was about to say, how'd you do all the that? System. Yeah, so I, well, I just learned I learned how to be a Ro Roblox programmer. <laughs> what language is it in? It's Lua. It's Lua. But it really reminded me of um, of the Flash because I had a whole career as a Flash developer. It's extremely similar, um, especially to the point about where um, you attach code code to objects. You kind of have a stage. You attach right. code to objects, and which is like a nightmare for coding. So then I had to like build my own framework to make it so that all the code was in like this centralized framework and wasn't on all the objects and sort of learn how to do that. Right. And that was a huge amount of fun. Um, 
But so... How expensive was it to find a guy to, or to hire a guy to build all that stuff? Like, I think it was 26 bucks an hour or something. Nice. Because the only people who are available to work on Roblox are, are like between 18 and 20 and 23. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't go any, I mean, I was like the, apart from a couple of other dads that I found, indie uh, Roblox dad developers. Right. Was kind of one of the rare ones of that age. Well, um, where'd you find him? Um, I believe that I found him through Upwork. Yeah. Upwork yeah, is pretty good Upwork. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, I spent like six grand in total on his in his building stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just built. Every, I, I did everything else. So it was it was a really fun and interesting coding project mm-hmm. that has taught me a lot about onboarding and things like that, st- uh, stats and onboarding. So it was really worth it. Um, did you make back the investment? I, not financially. <laughs> but just through personal growth as a human being. No, right? because, well, so this is what I can tell you. So that was Slider 1. So called okay. Slider Classic. Now there is a new game called Slider Infinity, okay. which, is, which is Slider version 2. Along the way of sort of work being on the forum and talking to people, I met a guy called Chris, who's a 23-year-old, who is a very successful Roblox developer. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he took a shine to me and he's like, okay, I want to I wanna help you out. So he basically contracted for me um, okay. As just like a like the way I am in Nugget, he was to me uh, mm-hmm. about games. So he, I mean, he has had over two hundred million plays on Roblox with his wow. games, and he he makes a full time living off off Roblox games. Right. So we got to the point where we tried where he he sort of did various different things to help me get this, the original slider version mm-hmm. to be successful, and then in the end he said, "Look, we just need to do what I've been saying all along and just start from scratch." Um, and so he is now basically doing everything. The only thing I'm doing is just paying for his time, and he's going to take 50-50. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you're, you're, an investor, you're essentially an investor. Yeah. I'm an investor in what he's doing. And he's already, like, you know, every, all the statistics are just way better, like the number of, the number of likes that it's getting, um, the number of people who are favoriting it. Like, so it's, it's headed in a, in, a, in a direction. It's just because he's a much more experienced at building this kind of things? He did. He did like a. He did a like a, a a degree in games. Like he understands every aspect of games, game psychology, onboarding, stats analysis, and basically yeah, the he's thing. Just, the, he's just very skilled at this kind of thing. Oh, I mean, he's he's built literally a hundred games. Like he's yeah. built a hundred games, and like of those, you know, five of them bring in his income. Right. So he's done. He's done a lot. He's he's been doing it since he's like eleven. Right. So, you know. So, um, but he's. He, I'm going to have him on the show because he's like one of the smartest people I've met. Like he is super, super smart. Um, but the essence of it is, is that that original version that I just showed you was very um, laid out and built. And the version that he's building is just 100% procedural and systemic. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, just, it's just like different every time. Right. So, yeah. So anyway. So, so he's not worrying. That. So what you're saying? He's not worrying about frameworks? He is not worrying about frameworks. He's not even no. He doesn't care about it. Although he has included some of my code and has based it on the original framework. He did like that. Mm-hmm. He's not taught as a coder, so he did appreciate that framework approach, and he's taking some of those and putting that putting that approach in his games. So you yeah. do you think there's some real money um, profit opportunity here? He's he's broken down. He's he's got this to a science where he understands if if he can see how long players are in a game. He can compare that to average games on Roblox. He can see the average reven- revenue per user unit and all that stuff where he's 
he's basically saying, look, I just need to keep on going. And this is going to make about 30 grand a year type thing. Okay. You know, so we're getting close to that. So good. Good. Yeah. So you have, you have a budding career as a um, Roblox micro VC. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I guess that's where I've ended up with that. Yeah, that's true. Which is nice, you know, because you've you, you've always made your uh, you've made cash with your investments, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, I think we need to switch over switch over to to you at this point, and then I'll give you my big reveal after at the end. Hey, there was one other thing I wanted to quickly finish up on, just just sure. super quick, a little note. Um, that game slider had fourteen thousand plays, my version of it, and during that time, <clears throat> I set up a, a Discord server. Okay. where kids could could come onto the Discord server and put in feature requests. Uh-huh. And it was surprisingly similar to working on Plugio with the customers for Plugio. Right. Except the the feature requests were like, you know, instead of hey, could you, you know, could you buff up my tweets? It was more like um, hey, can you add a portal gun so I can kill my friends? <laughs> you know, it was just like <laughs> crazy stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, that, did that help did that give you any good ideas? It gave me loads of good ideas, but of course the things that they wanted to do were like crazy stuff which was going to take a long time and i'd already put put a lot of time into it definitely like i built one one kid wanted me to make it so that he could put a statue of himself anywhere in the in the game (laughs) it's just like interesting random stuff like that you know right right yeah maybe make a game where people just make statues of themselves everywhere (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) so that's it that's that's uh, that's the wrap up on the roblox stuff Okay, well, it sounds it sounds uh, sounds like there's a little opportunity there. Sounds like it's fun. It's fun. Which it's is, fun. I mean, look, you 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 have a, a full time living just a modern teacher, right? So everything is bonus for you. Yeah, it's not as fun as the big reveal that I'm going to reveal oh, at the, right, uh, okay. after your uh, after you've given us your update. <laughs> okay. But um, All right. yes, that's my final update. So let's Before, hear about you. I'm okay. Bef- I really want to hear about you. Like, please, please. Okay, what do you want to know? Math Academy. Math Academy. Come on, man. Why okay. Is it launched? What's the deal? Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, it is a monster, monster project. You know, it's funny. I just uh, had a, uh, a Zoom call with a guy. He's a teacher oh, at one of our high schools here at PU, in the Pasadena Unified District. And he's won, he's, you know, won some different awards and stuff. Great, great guy. He actually was a um, successful, uh, a corporate executive, but then decided he wanted to be a math teacher as, in, as he, when he was older. I didn't think he made enough money, mm-hmm. you know, in the corporate world. And anyway, so we had, we had had lunch probably five years ago, six years ago. And um, he had this idea. He was like, yeah, you know, I want this kind of, system where all of the topics are linked together and all the you know it's an online learning system essentially what i was had in mind you know that we were building and i said he said how much time do you think it would take to build it he quoted this back to me he's like when i told you that you said it would probably take 20 to you'd need to raise 20 to 30 million dollars to do that you said yeah you told him yeah yep i i i think what he hit the, the the quote was that sounds like a twenty to thirty million dollar project. Yep, and that's essentially <laughs> what I found myself doing. So, <laughs> oh, you know, man. when you know, initially we're building all the software just to support the the, the program, the the Math Academy program within the Pasadena School District, right? Uh huh. 
And, you know, it was the kind of thing where it would have lessons, but you know, also questions, for, you know, for, for, you know, our, our problems, math problems from, you know, Algebra 1 up through calculus and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, but then it, it is, evo- it's evolved to, to mm-hmm. go beyond that in terms, not in terms of just the technology. Now it's like you have fully automated self-learning system, but the content now goes from, um, fifth grade up through, um, most of undergraduate math, abstract algebra, differential equations, multivariable calculus, all that kind of stuff. And all down to the finest degree of granularity. So it's like any book you pick up on multivariable calculus and you go, oh, turn to page 227. I wonder if they have this stuff. Yep, we got it. We have an entire lesson <laughs> devoted to it, like everything. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we look far and wide at, you know, textbooks and curricula anywhere. And we're like, is there anything we're missing? Right, because I don't want anyone to come and say, "Well, you guys don't cover this, or you guys don't." Like, oh yes, we do. You know, and it's not just a mention; it's just not, it's just not some problem that's, you know, hidden deep within some problem set somewhere. It's like, no, there are full-on, you know, lessons for everything. And um, so, for instance, like our BC calculus course has, I think, two as of uh, two hundred and forty-six individual lessons. Um. How many lessons in total do you have? Thousands. I mean, because we have fifth grade through on up, right? So, I, I don't know, in the thousands somewhere. <laughs> Two thousand. And each, oh each topic is divided into three to seven knowledge points. And a knowledge point might be like a pay anywhere from half a page to a page and a half slide of intro text with one or two example, an example problem or two, plus multiple uh, 10 or 12 questions based specifically on that. And so you take, that's one knowledge point. It's called four to five knowledge points per topic, three to 10 topics per module. Course might have, and then, a, and then it might be like 20 to, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 modules per unit. How many and, content does And then, it, listen, in a unit, and then, and then you have, and then you have like five to 15 units per course. I mean, it's, it's immense. It's huge. It's immense. You are and, you're like you're like a, a proper publisher. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we'd have a we'd have a stack of textbook uh, up to the ceiling. How many uh, people do you have working on this on the content side? I don't point? know, I'm fifteen or give or take. <laughs> I don't even know how many. I'd have to I'd have to go and count them up. But uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so what's so the, what's the plan? It's a huge thing. So the um. <laughs> The plan, obviously, is to commercialize it. Yeah. But having it in the schools is forcing us to make it work correctly and under all situations, right? Um, and I didn't want to release something that just is not quite right. And one of the things we did this year is we made all of the courses fully automated. So rather than an instructor says, oh, I'm teaching... You know, let's use calculus as an example, and they go on, and they teach a lesson, and they go into the system, and they say, oh, I'm going to take some questions from this topic, and some questions from this topic, and it kind of, you just use it to create assign- online assignments. Now, the system creates an assignment for each kid, a personalized assignment. And let's say you and I are in this calculus class, and let's say that 
you do a good job on your assignment. I do a pretty good job, but I struggle with one or two of the topics. You get to move on. I might get to move on with some of the stuff, but I might have to do redo some stuff because I don't quite have it down, which is the right thing to do. You don't hold some kids back. You don't push when they're ready to move forward. And you don't you don't push kids forward when they have not quite understood something. Right. Okay, but you said before, like Google, that you told the quote about that story. It's good enough. When is this going to be good enough to the, to the level that Gmail was good enough? Is um, it- I think I, I I think we'll be able to launch this summer. Okay. Part of it is, yeah. So here's the other thing. Here's the thing we learned. So we've had like our our um, like I said, we have classes from sixth grade. All of our high school classes are are all, are automated now too. Now, initially, uh, uh, our the high school instructors were not for the first semester. They didn't automate, and the kids were not learning this stuff as nearly as well as they should have. And the reason is that um, our instructors took they did two things. One, they tried to take like, hey, let's do more learn by projects, or let's do like more discussion based learning stuff that sounds really good, but doesn't work at all. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in learning that people like, oh, let's just have a group project and we'll all work on this. And it sounds wonderful. It's great on a brochure. See a bunch of smiling kids standing around doing stuff. Very few kids learn very much in that. Situation. Or maybe math. Maybe that's like quite specific to math because math is such a, you know. Well, when it's very skill oriented. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's probably true of most things because you have to practice skills and build on them. I mean, a project is like dessert. It's like after you've mastered the skills, then you can do the project. It kind of pulls some stuff together, but that can't be your main course. But you always did teaching up on the board sort of as a group. You did. You had your success. That was just my way of getting them to do problems, right? It's more fun to do problems when you're at the board, right? Mm. Um, Anyway, so that coupled with the fact that I think that teaching – you know, they have been formerly university professors, right? Yeah. And the, and the way you teach a math course in the university level is you say, hey, here's the problem set for the week. You do get up, you give some lectures. Yeah. You do You create a problem set for the week. Kids can do it or not do it. It's not really adaptive learning. It's something. Well, different. it's not just that. It's that in high school, I mean, in college, people are decided I'm going to major in this. I care about learning about this, Right. You're you're a young adult. You have a lot more maturity, but in high school they're they're kids, right? They're not going to do homework on that problem set every night of the week. You do a yeah. problem set once a week. How many how many days a week do you think they're going to do homework? So, once they're going to do. I'll answer that for you. They're going to do homework once a week. So they're going <laughs> to math once a week, right? Yeah. They're going to have a five x reduction in the amount of math that they're doing, right? So have you like solved the, like what uh, does it work? Yeah. So well, here's the thing. So what I said is, all right, guys, look, I, I appreciate everybody's trying trying some different things, but we have to we have to um, we got to do it the math academy way. And the only way to make make every ensure that everything is done the math academy way is do it through the automated system, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so essentially, we put everybody in the system, and it was like a night and day transformation. Interesting. Every day you have a full assignment, you're cranking through problems, you get more 
work on things you struggle with, you move forward and stuff that you can. Boom, because boom, it's boom. fully adaptive. It's yeah, fully adaptive. Fully adaptive. But you, you got to do it every, every you got to do your assignments every day. It knows you. It well, understands you. Yeah. Like it understands the learner. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the holy grail of education. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and so here's the thing. When you have thousands and thousands of topics broken down into knowledge points, and I know exactly which ones you got right and which you struggle with under the problem, and everything's linked together in a gigantic knowledge graph, then we can predict you know, to a high degree of accuracy wh what you know, what you don't know, what you're, what you're struggling with, and what you need to work on. Better than anyone I mean, in history has ever been able to do it. Nobody has ever done this before. This is amazing. Nobody's ever so, ever done this. <clears throat> I mean, there have been uh, Alex A L E K S did it to a, at a much much uh, lower resolution for much mm. few many fewer courses, but our level of granularity is just way way higher. No now. one was crazy enough to even try this. No, it's insane. I mean, I, if anyone said Jason was just going to do, I'm like, no, don't do this. This is not. <laughs> this is not like oh, this is a good way to do a startup, make money. This is not it. This is not it. <laughs> okay, so so talking about that, like what what does it look like? Like, do you have investors at this point? Like, how does it split between the for, the 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 pro bono versus the the paid? Like, what's what's the whole? So setup? I don't I don't charge anybody who is in PUSD. If you were in the Pasadena Unified School District, you know, or or you were part of Math Academy and left and moved away, I I let you work forever. For free. Once you're part of Math Academy, then I let you. Unless you did it by choice. If you left okay. Math Academy PSD by choice, not because you moved away because you know dad's job took you to another state, which has happened to some kids or whatever. Yeah. You know, no fault of their own. But if it says, oh, okay, we're pulling out, we're gonna do something, it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't yeah. owe you a math education. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, got it. That and, makes sense. And, um I have about half dozen families who have kids on it. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is I started charging them and then I just, I didn't build it automated. So I kind of forgot to keep charging them, <laughs> but I was just charging them like 30, $39 a month is like an intro beta price where it would probably be like somewhere between like 79 or 129 bucks a month or something like that. Um, but the, the market I think is pretty huge in that there are a lot of kids who are not in the formal math, uh, formal, getting a formal education. They're either you know, gifted or homeschooled or whatever, and the size me and they don't fit in the size medium shirt. Yeah, right. And you know, or kids who are going to college and they're like, "Hey, I forgot my calculus, or I forgot my algebra, or I want to do this." Or they, they, and they need to like get back up to speed on stuff or get up to. Yeah, speed but what about stuff. people like me? I want to use Math Academy. I've been dying to use Math Academy. Yeah, but you're not really the market because you don't have a real reason to use it. Like you wouldn't really pay for it. It's not that important to you. Uh, that's actually not true, but 129 a month might be a stretch. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what yeah. the pricing is going to be. The reality is there, there are, so where there are other websites and there are places you can go like, Oh, I can go on Khan Academy and learn some stuff. And you absolutely can, but it's like, um, it's like saying, I'm going to go and be a professional athlete. So I'm going to go up to the gym and start lifting weights. It's like, you really think that's what's going to work? No, mm -hmm. you need a professional coach. You know, serious program that you know where you where you develop a lot more uh, skills and a lot. You know, it's a lot. I do serious. like a year. I'd pay a year in advance, like 
I don't know, 700 bucks or something to give me access for a year. Yeah. I do something like that. Yeah, no, I don't, maybe there is a market. I, I mean, I'm just saying is like, I'm not like, I think the I think the real market is probably one of two things. I think it is, it's not hobbyists or people who are just kind of interested in it. I think it's people who really need to learn it either because they have to for school or they have to to prepare for some standardized tests or they have to because they are switching majors or going back to college and they forgot a bunch of stuff and they need, to, they really need to learn it. It's really important that they learn it because yeah. for people who are just kind of like enjoy math and are kind of curious, and like to play around with problems, there are a lot of things. You can go watch some, what's it, three brown, one blue or whatever videos. Yeah. You can go on con or brilliant and, and mess around. This is like serious business. Like this is like an hour a day, every day. Like, you know, only serious people need to apply <laughs> is, is kind of the way it is. Yeah. Well, the reason why I really want to do it is because I'm sort of at that stage where on on the game project and the um and the the big reveal project mm -hmm. um I've run into math situations and I'm trying to talk about math with these other partners or guys and it's like I have no fucking clue and it's just embarrassing. You just don't it's have like, the words you can you're like I don't know I don't even have the you. words I know nothing like what's an what's an exponent you know like how how does a squared like I know the absolutely basic stuff I just know I do know squared but like even rooted or exp that thing where you have like a little number on the top right like and so <laughs> you know right. I I just would love to 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 learn that at some point but anyway well, we, about we are going so what I'm saying is we will it's not like we're not gonna, we're gonna keep people from using it who are different it's just yeah but i'm just telling like who who do i think our primary audience that's the market is? that's the price point yeah i got but, it got you it know, so and, and and the price might be lower it might be 39 dollars a month or uh, you know maybe that's it maybe the 79 i don't know what what's going to be the right number but it is not a casual thing and it's not like oh this will help you're taking a calculus class this will help you a little bit like no this is your calculus you'll learn this better than any calculus class you take anywhere but you're going <laughs> to work awesome. your ass off that's awesome there is no fucking that's around really cool yeah <laughs> right there really is cool. no messing around so like the girl who um the first girl who went through the system last year she was thir 12 and turned 13 did this an hour a day in the library instead of going to her math class she had left math academy she had they had moved to um, michigan it was her, her mm -hmm. dad job and she got a five on the bc a ap calculus exam a five that's a the five. highest score she's 13. <laughs> She had no tutor, nobody overseeing it. It was just the system. She'd come in every day, do her approximately hour assignment in the library, and it was done. Five. Okay, so this brings me to the point where, like, and by the way, for for people who are not aware of AP exams, you get you get graded a one through a five. Okay, a three is a pass. You pass it if you get a three. A four is a high pass. Five is exceptional. Okay, so that's people know what that means. You, your original talking point about this, one of them, was to create more Elon Musks mm -hmm. in America, right? Don't you feel some some kind of badness that the GDP of America is so been so stunted by the fact you haven't released Math Academy yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's uh, nice of you to say such silly, ridiculous thing, but. I, I do think, you know, it's funny because Sandy and I made a decision about a year and a half ago. We were out to dinner 
And she goes, you know, I just don't think I have it in me to try and push Math Academy into other school districts around the country. It's just exhausting. It has been absolutely exhausting. Um, and the reason is it's just there's so much bureaucracy and politics and red tape and budget issues. And it's just logistical. I mean, it's really hard to create something this outside the this something that's this far away from what normally happens in a school system to try and create we're going to hire these highly educated mathematician type instructors you can do all this stuff okay forget it instead what you can do is you have a system that any kid can get on and move as fast as they need to as they want or or more slowly if they need to and work on whatever you know you can prescribe as a teacher or as a districts say here these are the things that we want them to learn at least in this order and after that they can go on to other stuff but if kids are like super motivated and super talented mathematically they can fly they can absolutely mm -hmm. fly they could do they could probably <laughs> go from algebra one and finish calculus in two years if they were really want it i mean i've seen kids move that fast did you did you solve the space repetition learning stuff yeah so it's all space repetition is built into it so it has all space repetition interleaving. It has all of this optimal learning. That's why it's so effective. Um, and it's, of course, personalized. But it's like, so one of the big problems that we're seeing, we're, there was some email, um, sorry, some um, news articles that came out in how Boston was killing its gifted education because there was not the right representation from various groups in the schools. And that's one of the difficulties of having tracks because, okay, you're on the, yeah, there's the regular track and then there's a the fast track and then pretty soon the fast track or for the gifted kids if you're not in it then you're the dumb track that's not true it's just that they're kids who are more naturally have a higher aptitude want to do more or can move more quickly and it's better fit for them but it gets very political right yeah if everyone can be on a system that adapts to where they are then you don't have the yeah. problem anymore right yeah. and it's better because even when you move kids into an honors and non-honors there's a, still a huge gap from the people at the top of the honors class and the kids at the bottom of the honors. It's huge. Even in Math Academy, which is roughly the top 5 or 6%, the, distance, the difference between the top kid and the bottom kid is, is still dramatic. It is dramatic. And so the only way that you can truly solve these problems and allow kids to move at the pace that's appropriate for them is to have a system that adapts to them not have something go, well, we're all doing this now. We're taking a quiz tomorrow because that's when the quiz is scheduled. Maybe you need another day or two on this, right? Yeah. It's, and, I, feel and, like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to Steve Jobs right now. You've really got the, the pitch down. Oh. Like you know exactly what to say. Um, so yeah, so cool. here's the thing, though. <laughs> so what worked great is when we, we took, I mean, first of all, the BC calculus, I, I look at the... I mean, the, all the sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders on our math academy, the kids who are doing algebra and pre-calculus, and they're blow a lot of them are blowing through that. Now, you have about a bottom 10 to, it depends on the class. There's, a, there's some stragglers who basically have decided they're not going to do any work during the pandemic, and there's really nothing we can do about that. I, we can't make you try. But for the kids who've decided, either they've decided or their parents decided that they're going to actually do work, like, I think we could have... 10 to 12 kids in one class have a potential of getting a five on the BC exam. 
that blows out of the water any results we've ever seen. And they're doing it primarily just going through the system all on their own. It's crazy. It, it just it just blow it blow it away. And then when we moved all these kids who were in our ninth and tenth grade classes, who were in the multivariable linear algebra class and differential equations abstract algebra class, and moved them online, is like night and day. They all of a sudden they're just like really learning this stuff, right? Now the, the only problem is it can be a bit grindy. It's hard. Like every day it's pushing you to the limit, right? Every day, you know, we're going to push you to the limit of what you can do, which, you know, you get two-thirds of the year, you can see the kids starting to go, ooh, <laughs> right? Mm, and so yeah. what I started to realize is, okay, there's two goals Math Academy has always been, always, always had, which is one, you want kids to become great at math, to really learn the math. Two was to have fun, to really love it. Now, you push too hard and it starts to not be so fun anymore. It doesn't matter how much you love something. If you make it hard enough, people are just like, ah, screw it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what I started really looking at was, were, you know, my prime example was Duolingo, which gamified everything. And we've been looking at different types of games and stuff. So I think the real answer to this is gamifying it, which the, the two of our math instructors had said to me, the two mathematicians, how they really wanted to gamify it, make it, you know, they were talking about this last year before it was automated. Oh, we want to put on like leaderboards and like they get points for doing things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know exactly what we're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I like Duolingo. You, know, you have leaderboards and badges and levels and points and contests and whatever. And because if you provide that extra level, then kids will do more than they would. If you say, okay, here's the minimum you have to do. Like you have to get so many points per day and you have to get just, you know, so many points by the end of the month or the quarter, whatever it is to get a certain grade. And therefore, it's less about your performance on a particular test. It's like just it's like a game. Just pass the level. You get to level 12, that's an A. It doesn't matter how yeah. long it takes you, right? But and but there's a lot of kids who are like flying. They just they just want to go. And if you just if you start putting leaderboards and hey, you're a black belt or you're a red belt or you're a this <laughs> or that, like they love that stuff. And it feels less grindy. It feels like here's your work for the day. Do it. Even yeah. if kids feel like they're learning a lot, that can get a little exhausting. If I say, hey, you can do any of these things. You need to accumulate 1,000 points by the end of the day. You can take this quiz. You can do this review. You can do this. If you do this particular thing, it unlocks this other stuff. There's so many points. And then it makes it much, much, I think, more fun for the kids. They feel more agency because they have some selection. It's like if you go to a restaurant and they say, well, this is what you're eating. You're like, well, there's no menu? They're like, no, you're eating this. It's not quite so great. I saw a really good um, talk, and I'll, I'll have to mm -hmm. forward it to you somehow, about how you've got to be quite careful with this, because then the purpose of using the platform is to play the game. And you learn, like, there's you risk the chance of them retaining the information less. Mm -hmm. So somehow you'll have to just sort of build that in to think about that, you know. Oh, yeah. To I've, make I've, sure I've, that... I've, I've... So we have a whole channel on Slack just about gamification. So I've posted about okay. 15 articles and videos and... Okay. I got all books. So yeah, I'm 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 reading all the books. I'm kind of I mean, most of it is like to me is common sense. Like, yep, you don't want to replace yeah. intrinsic motivation with extrinsic. You don't want to. Yeah. You're certain yeah. there's downsides. So you have to be careful. Yeah. But if there's a way to make it kind of fun, you can get a lot of of mileage out of that. I mean, part of the reason the math academy worked when I taught it is because I made it fun. And how did I make it fun? I made it competitive for the kids. I made games out of it. 
Um, and, you know, it's like when I would coach, you know, my kids' soccer ga- teams, I would, um, I would turn every drill into a game. And that made the kids enjoy it way more. They didn't think about, hey, we're practicing some boring skill. They're playing zombie so, attack. Yeah, they're play- so the drill is after you've learned it. So the, the, there's, there's a first phase where you learn it, and then you do the drills to sort of get it sunk in. Is that how it works? Um, <clears throat> like so, the, of the phases of learning? You get introduced, well, so the way, then you... So the way we do it... So one of the, one of the big mistakes... See, people are... Here's one thing I've, I've realized. Most people, including and most people in education, are really confused about what works in education. They don't really get it. Um, what works is you need to be... You need to engage the kids in active problem solving as quickly as possible. What is the skill you want them doing? Okay, you want them doing that. Okay, I don't care if you're teaching them chess or violin or tennis or math. It is the same. So if you go to any expert coach, they are going to give you just the the enough information you need to do know to then do Mm, practice performing some skill and then give immediate feedback and follow up more practice until you've nailed it and then you build go to the next step. What you don't do is talk at them for an hour. What you don't yeah. give them is like 10 pages to read of math. So what we do is we say, here, read the smallest possible amount. You know, I'm going to talk to you. Let's, let's say you're doing tennis. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about the backhand. What, what is the backhand? This is the backhand. I talk about the backhand for 30 seconds. I give you the demonstration of how you use it very slowly, how you move your feet. And then I go to you. Now you do it. We do it slowly, and we walk, and we and I correct you, and then we do a little faster, and then we build. Right? That's how you do yeah, it. You yeah. should, if you went to a, a a tennis coach and he talked to you about the backhand for an hour, you would not pay him. <laughs> right. like, this is stupid. I didn't learn the backhand. I just sat there and listened, watch you, and it's not fun. Yeah, that's so. Right. That's right. That's so what is, we that, do. is that what the push but that's, is? That's why it's interesting when I. Um, I'm sorry. What do you mean? Like is that is that why you're not going to release it in, t- until summer because you you need to build that that stuff in? Oh, that's already built. Let's turn it, video off. It looks like I'm losing you a little bit. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, we we have like I said, the, the lesson. All lessons go through that process of, you know, you know where they we introduce a concept, do some, you know, show an example, and then have the student work through a series of practice problems based on that concept and that example. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. that's where we're finishing up a bunch of our courses. So not all the courses are done. I mean, you could sell it before a course is completely finished because it's only the last part of it that's not complete, but. Really what I want to do is I want to nail down the gamification because I just don't think, I think that the way it is, it's just too grindy and I want to make it a little more, um, a, a little more engaging for the, for the Yeah, that makes sense. And that I don't want to have to totally, and since I know that's what we need to do, and the reason I know this is because I'm watching the kids go through it and this is, you know, I'm watching our couple hundred students use it every day, right? So, yeah. and I, and then when I see that, they like it in a sense. They they know they feel good about what they're learning, but they do feel like it's a lot of work and it's kind of it's pushing a little too hard. So we need to back off a little bit and we need to make it a little more fun. And okay. 
I don't want to re-engineer all this stuff after I ha after I'm trying to get people because I'm really just changing the product around too much. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, that's that's what I was saying. So what I was just asking is, are you going to hold off your the reason why you're holding off your summer release is because you want to 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 solve the grinding problem. You want to right. make it gamified. Yeah. Right. Right. Make it a little more now. It, it, now again, like math. The, the learning math is not the same as learning a language. So it's not just like Duolingo, right? I mean, they are different things. Like you can be using Duolingo when you're on the bus or whatever for five minutes here or there. I mean, learning math is a sit down with paper and pencil kind of activity. Yeah. So it's a different thing. It's not like, oh, we'll just do it. Duolingo did. It's like, no, we're not doing what Duolingo does. But we are going to take some lessons from apps that have done a good job of gamifying the educational process of which Duolingo has done the best job. But they took all their lessons from games. And we look at and, and games is where we're primarily looking as well. Like, what do games yeah. do? What makes games fun? You know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 you sounds like you're, you're fully, you know, you've, you're covered with all the stuff that you're reading. But if you do ever want to talk with Chris, I could definitely set that up pretty quick. Sure. Um, sure. Might, that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, he's obsessed with, with math and, and teaching kids. He's exactly your kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but to, just to some of the Math Academy stuff, I mean... You know, all I would say is this has been a much, much bigger project than I guess I, I, I imagined at first. I knew it was big, but it's, it's even <laughs> quite a bit even larger. Even bigger. Yeah. But it, is re it really works. It solves That's the fantastic. problem. And, yeah. and we're, I'm just going to see it through. And it's, you know, it's turned out to be you know, extremely expensive. Um, luckily, I'm able to afford it. I mean, it's all me. I don't have any other investors. So it's just what I want to do. But I'm so committed at this point, there's no walking away from it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's not even sunk cost fallacy. It's just like, sunk, like you're just committed. You're going to yeah. you're gonna do it. You're going you're gonna to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Alex and Justin, who are working with me on this, I mean, Alex is my director of content. And Justin is like, basically, you know, he, he works on everything with me. And they're both extremely bright, dedicated guys. And... You know, we really want to solve the online learning problem. It's like, you know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of claims about the, you know, about the potential for online learning, but very few online learning systems have, have, um, have delivered on their promises. But so I, is it fun? Is it fun working with those guys and everything that you're doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're great. I mean, so Justin actually, he, Justin's a young guy. He's like 23, I think 24. He actually, he's actually been sheltering in place with us. He's been staying with us since the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, cause he would work with all day with me anyway. And then we're just like, look, if you're going to be over here, you're going to have to either stay here or not. Right. Like we're going to have to, so he's been here, which I think I talked about in the last show. And yeah. you know, we talk about math Academy all day long. Right. I mean, <laughs> working on it, collaborating on stuff, talking about it. And then, um, and, uh, Alex who's in, um, London, you know, we, we do, you know, one or two phone calls a week and, you know, great guy. I mean, they're, they're, they're both great guys. They're both really, like I said, really bright and, um, and, um, extremely hard. I mean, you know, so it's like, you can't try and do anything really, really big and really special unless you have people who are really top notch. There's just no way. It's just all about, yeah. you know, you've got to get super high quality people. And, yeah, that is so true. You know, so I got lucky now. I think part of the reason that, you know, I was able to get them is that it was, we were shooting after, we were shooting for something. It's like we had, we have a real mission. 
right? It's not like, oh, let's just build a really cool chat app that'll make us some money. You know, it's like we're actually trying to solve something that's meaningful to all of us. Like we see how this works. We've, we've all, you know, taught math and dealt with kids and, and we feel like this is how, what we, this is what the world needs. We have to deliver this. We know how to solve it. Let's, you know, make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what it is. So. That's fantastic. I mean, it's great. Um, so you're, so I, I really like the fact that you're kind of pulling away from the school district um, approach and sort of putting everything into the software. And the fact that it's working so well is amazing. It's yeah, well, the, 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 the school district thing we're trying to, it just doesn't scale. And Sandy had he recognized that pretty quickly. And it's like, okay, so Math Academy as a program will work really well within, you know, our school district. It's kind of, it's like almost like a laboratory for us in a way, right? We get mm-hmm. to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and, um, but once the system is really working, like you could essentially have Math Academy everywhere, and it could be as flexible as it needs to be for any situation. You just could put one kid on it or a hundred kids on it or a thousand yeah. kids on it. And it could be anywhere from kids who are going through remedial courses to kids who are three, four, five, six years ahead. It doesn't matter. It's awesome. You know, it's so, so good. So I think, I think, I think ultimately that's going to be the future of math for not all kids. I mean, a lot of times things just, you know, old ways of doing things never completely die out. But I think a lot of people will ultimately. Uh, understand that you know you do not have to sit in a room taking notes you know on a lecture to learn math in fact that well we're completely homeschooling jack at this point and he's definitely going to do math academy oh okay great yeah so great how how old is jack now um he's he's six and a half at this point oh wow so six and six and six and three months okay so he's kind of yeah i mean what age can they start math academy uh well our lowest course it starts at fifth grade math um now what age is that Mm. 10-ish, I guess. Oh, yeah. Nine, okay. 10. But, yeah, I was expecting it's not going to be anytime soon. He's going to yeah. be. But if he's hilarious. one of those kids who are sort of like really mathy, you know, they started a little younger, you know, for, you know, like, hey, my kid has finished all the third and fourth grade math, you know, because <laughs> some kids do that. They just, you know, really, it just comes to them easily, you know. Well, we're, we're just taking it, we're actually taking it quite slow with him in a sense, because um, he already had the speech delay issue. Um, but he is... He's super smart at building stuff, especially in game worlds. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I think he'd he'd be on the normal track, like ten. That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to rush it. I mean, that's the thing is, the thing about kids is they'll they'll basically show you at the pace they need to move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, some kids and 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 it's and it's some kids. It's you know they're only they're only really able to move fast in one subject. Sometimes it's all subjects or, or whatever. Oh, you know what's interesting story i should tell you real quick if we do you have time for yeah of course i do i mean i've I've got a bunch more stuff to say i've got it like 170 lines of bullet points in my so we're gonna have to space this out over a few (laughs) podcasts so here's an interesting story so so my colby is mathematically gifted and my young and my youngest airily is i would put her more in what we'd call the talented range um, she's in math academy, but she has to she has to work for it, you know. Um, yeah. But, but she's you know right right in she's in math she you know is in the sort of range. But my middle one Izzy has always really really struggled with with math and things. She has what actually what's called dyscalculia, like she has no number sense. Yeah. Anyway, so um, what was really interesting is that um, I guess it was around November or something. 
um, or, or yeah, sometime in November, uh, Izzy, I mean, Sandy comes up, she goes, you know, Izzy's been, been um, writing stories. She's been writing. And I'm like, really? Because she's just <laughs> a horrible writer. Like, she couldn't even write, like, a complete sentence. This is really bad. You know, because Sandy would work with her on, like, her writing, you know, assignments for, for school, and she'd just look up after work, spending two or three hours, and she's just like, oh, my God, this is really, we got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then she comes up to me in November, and she's like, Izzy's been writing. And I watch, and I'm, what do you mean she's writing? She's writing stories. She's actually, actually, no, she said she's been doing, she has her own YouTube channel, and she's <laughs> been putting videos up there. And I'm like, oh, is it like one of these YouTuber things where you just talk into the mic about, you know, your day or your opinions and things? She's like, no, no, she's making, like, animated stories. And, the- yeah, it turns out she'd been spending, um, like, I don't know, it was like all day, basically all day, Creating these, creating these animated characters in one program, importing them to another program, and then and she would take the characters and animate them in a second one. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! And there were these like these three to five or seven minute stories about fairies and little people and giants or whatever. And she had, oh. and she's like, she's like, she has, she has fifteen hundred subscribers. What? The heck? I'm like what? <laughs> and, oh my gosh! And then I I act airily about it. Because Izzy didn't want to talk about it. She didn't even tell, tell us about it. And I said, when did she start doing this? And she's like, since the start of the pandemic. And I'm like, she's been doing this for like six months or something? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, when did you find it? She's like, two weeks ago. And I was like, so nobody knew. She's like the secret animator. And I go to wow. her. I, I finally get her channel from, from Airly. And she has like, I don't know, hun- hundreds of videos that she's created. That is crazy. And just tons of people commenting on them. How much they love them. I'm like, what is going on? Right. <laughs> and so then we start looking at how fast it's growing. And Justin and I are like making calculations like, man, she could break 10,000. <laughs> you know? And then wow. like two weeks after. And so we start, you know, she would take these dog walks with me sometimes in the afternoon. We we're, you know, late early evening. And, and, um, you know, and, and then she's like, She's like, I'm really worried about my future. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, I just don't know what I would do. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but maybe start an animation studio. <laughs> She's like, it's too hard. I'm like, you're doing it anyway. For free. Yeah, you're doing it anyway, and you're, and you're doing well. She's like, yeah. I said, you got 1,500 subscribers. She's like, that's nothing. You know, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not nothing. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I mean... How long did it take us to, to get to a, to a thousand subscribers? I don't know. Did we ever get there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we peaked at two thousand. Like I mean, that. yeah, yeah. Well, he she goes so she so but two weeks after I find out about it, she literally stops making videos, and she decides that she is. And then I, I go, "What's going?" on? I ask, I didn't want to put any pressure on her, so I ask Sandy, "What's going on?" She's like, "I don't know." She's now writing on something called Wattpad, which is like a place you can go and. And, and write stories and, and publish stories online. And and I and I was asking, I'm like, so why are you writing now to anime? She's like, you know, it's just the, the animation and stuff is so limited in what I can do. <laughs> and I'm like, good point. Like, you can write anything you want. <laughs> can invent she's, wow. Word. So she starts writing, and she's just publishing story after story. And one of them was like number two in her category for, you know, for, for a long time. And she has tons of readers and subscribers. How old is she now? 
She's in. She's fifteen. Oh my god! No, that is fourteen. Crazy. Fourteen. Turning fifteen. It's just wow! Isn't it amazing? They just find they find their own path. Yeah, and I'm going. And she at one time I asked her, I'm like, how many stories? And she would like publish a story like every few days. Like she would actually publish, finish them. She wouldn't just sit there and mess around. At one time she was working on fourteen different stories. <laughs> oh I'm like, she's like, she's like, where do these stories ideas come from? She's like. I, I just wake up in the morning and I have stories just coming out of my head. She's like, isn't that the same for everybody? I'm like, Eric, is he, that's the same for nobody. <laughs> nobody wakes up except for storytellers, writers. Nobody wakes up with stories pouring out of their brain. I said, I said, that, I said you're just a born storyteller. And anyway. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, so it's funny. So she it. totally abandoned the animation thing. I just took the other day. She has like 11,600 subscribers. For the writing, no, for the YouTube for the, channel, for the animation. So they still they still really want it. Well, she should just do it without animation, or just team up with someone else to do the animation. She, she maybe, yeah, but it's funny. So she went. She asked, after stopped posting at fifteen hundred, it still went up to like eleven thousand after a couple months, few months, totally wow. leaving it for dead. But anyway, the whole thing is really interesting. Is that Izzy has always really, really struggled in school. She was used to be a horrible writer. And I actually read it, and, and I had a, a couple friends of mine who were writers, who are actually professional writers, and they're like, yeah, it's good, very creative. And, <laughs> oh you know, I'm not saying she's, you know, destined to be some world-class writer, but what was interesting is I got her Grammarly Plus, or Grammarly Pro, and she's like, yeah, I make it my goal to make it perfect. As far as Grammarly's concerned, it's perfect. Hmm. So she's really learned to write. Not because of some writing class or, you know, she's learned because she's writing her own stories and she's using a, an online tool like Grammarly, which forces... So she's like gamifying. She's like, I'm trying, I, I want to write the sentence 100% correct before it gets a chance to correct me. Yeah, so she just, yeah, so she just Jeez, learns. That's so cool. You know, what, what's really interesting is um, when we take these walks, she spends a lot of time talking to me about character develop, character arc and you know, plot. She's like, you know, I'm just, my characters, I feel like they're still too similar and this and the character of this. And that was like, interesting. <laughs> it's like, she has all these thoughts. I was like, yeah, I was like, you need to read Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces, you know, the hero's journey. And so we have all these kind of conversations about story and drama and conflict and plot points because not because she took a class and they make you write a story. It's like she writes story. Like she spends all day writing stories. In fact, the problem is that she keeps dropping out of her Zoom classes to work on her stories. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's created a fantastic connection for you. Oh, it's still oh, it's yeah, it's, it's wonderful to be a talk to her about that stuff. But it's just interesting. It's great because that's her thing, right? She's a writer. She's a storyteller, and she just loves it. And it's funny because um, it's like I, you know we talk about this. Like you don't want to do something that you're not obsessed with because there are other people who are obsessed with that. It's like how do you compete against that? Yeah. You can't compete against somebody who just, that's all they care about. And that's all they're, they have the madness about it. 12 and they actually do it. You're just half-assing yeah. it. You said, yeah, that's why you exactly. need to do the things. You really just need to do the things that you are obsessed with and that you love. It's really the difference between Mateo and most of the other people I've worked with in mm -hmm. Nugget. He is just a hundred percent relentless. Yeah. It's like, relentless. do you really want to compete against that? No. <laughs> Every day it's something new. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that's that's why they say like if somebody says they want to be an actor or an entrepreneur or something like that, if they can be talked out of it, then they shouldn't do it. Yeah, 
you should almost try and talk him out of it. Say, you don't want to do this. It's too hard. You shouldn't be a writer. You shouldn't. It's just, if it's like, that's the only thing they're willing to do, then okay. But I was, I was telling Rob this, but I think that that has, the, the, the training that I've done has effectively done that in Nugget because it, they understand how difficult it is by the time they finish the course. Right. <laughs> so I actually think that I am getting a few people to just stop doing it and put that effort into their real life. Yeah, you make them make them actually do it. What's well, actually <laughs> funny? I when when people a lot of times people would call email me for advice on different things, particularly the trading stuff. You know, because I would written that one article about it, and they'd be like, "Oh, I want to get into high frequency trading or algorithmic trading. Like, can you tell me this and that?" And I would basically give them homework, and that would basically end the discussion with like almost all of them. <laughs> you should go <laughs> do course. this, this, and this, yeah, yeah, and let me know yeah. what. Let me know how it goes. Get back to me. And of course, that was enough to shut everybody up. You know, nobody, if you're, nobody's, most people aren't going to do the work. Nobody wants to do work. They like the idea of doing something. They don't really want to do it. But um, anyway, the, the, the one thing I just want to say uh, is, is, you know, to finish off the Izzy story is, you know, I had been really, really worried about Izzy for a long time. Like, I'm just like, what is she going to do? Is she going to be able to go to college? You know, she, she struggles yeah. with a lot of her academics. She doesn't care about it at all. She's not a, someone who wants to, who will do things because she's supposed to. She's not going to do anything unless she wants to do it. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, and Sandy and I were just like, what are we going to, you know, what's going to happen? And now it's like, okay, now she has her thing. Right? <laughs> and and now and she's 14, right? It wasn't like, a lot of times you can kind of see that stuff happening earlier. Yeah. And it isn't until later. I mean, 14 is a great time to have your thing. I mean, that's young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean 14 is not old yeah well you know so that's what i'm saying with like jack you know you say okay well you know they something they might just suddenly like you think there are certain they're they're they have certain capabilities or things or certain limitations but a lot of times you don't really know until a little later or something will just really surprise you like this really surprised me. really i just like like i said i mean she could not she couldn't write a a, a decent sentence for christ's sakes well, you sound really happy about it, you know. Well, I mean, I, I mean I'm happy because she loves it, and I'm proud of her. And I'm, I'm that fact. I mean, I, you know, she's. I, 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 as I told her, I said, "There's almost nothing in life that's better than people who do creative things and actually, actually publish, yeah. right? Like people who actually, you know, ship their stuff." As a you, <laughs> I mean, the world needs creative people. They're the people who create who who, who define our culture. Our culture wouldn't would be nothing without the people who create the stories and the music and everything else, right? And yeah, you got to watch out for the ones who ship stuff, you know. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and, and, and there's a lot of people who want to be these things, but they really don't have the ability. They don't have the resolve or the passion or the willpower to actually ship it, right? So I guess you got that from Sandy then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly but um but you know of course it's a relief too when you're thinking you're you know worried about your your kid and you're thinking you know yeah i was like i mean i, I wasn't worried about colby or airily but uh you know i was it was getting kind of worried about izzy and oh, i'm not so worried about her i mean you're always going to worry but you're just like okay i can see a path through for you you know yeah you know you may not go to a standard for your college you may to go to some kind of a college with it that's focused on right and art you know art school that's focused on writing or something like that but you know and that's fine let's just go do yeah. do your thing yeah. so 
Are you ready for the big reveal? Here's I'm ready. Let's lay it on me. What you got? All right. I am official business partners with Joe Steck. Really? Yeah. So for people who don't know, Joe Steck has been a longtime listener, and he did the um, the science fiction anthology. Compelling science Compelling fiction. Compelling science fiction. Um, he came to the TechZing Summit. When was that? 2000 what? 11? I, I can't remember 14? the date, but... But we were we were talking about it and realized, you know, if he didn't come to that texting summit, there's no way I would be his business partner. Huh. Like because you you've got to kind of know people. You you know we've we've gotten to know Joe over the years. Yeah. So that's sort sure. of the only reason. That's the only thing that made it possible <laughs> is the fact we met him in person. Yeah. What? So what's what are you guys? What, what are you up to? All right. I I think you're gonna like it because okay. it's it's a problem space that you've been thinking about as well for a long time. Um. We're building a service called Morning Brief. Okay. So basically, it sends you five awesome links every day based on the keywords that you enter. Okay. Which, which sounds kind of simple, but it's a kind of a very complex problem on the back end. Um, essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a big data to then, then finding the signal. And it kind of always reminded me of your, your domain name, Signalcast. Huh. You kind of had, you right. had thought about something like this. Um, but, but sort of, how we do it is we're, we're essentially tracking everything that's relevant. So we're tracking Twitter, Reddit, news sites like New York Times, communities like Hacker News, Indie Hackers, forums, Discord forums. And this is what's great is Joe has so much big data experience. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so, yeah, so working, and my experience, I've got a lot of, um, for example, one of my early experiences was building a search engine in Oracle, uh-huh. you know, um, or and... I created at one time. I created like a spam detection engine, so that really helps working out. You know what's what's a false positive, what's a good thing, what's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we that we're, we're there's a lot of talking it together. Like it's it's incredibly fun working with a partner. That's what I'm so excited mm-hmm. about. It's like we have really intelligent discussions, except for the math part where <laughs> he tells me something like an exponent, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, we, 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 we you know, we, we're just, we've just got our first few sources in, but already the results are, you know, just amazing. I've never seen anything this good quality come back um, just for a service like this. Good quality, meaning and, in terms of people's re- re- feedback is really positive. Is that what you mean? No, in terms of me putting it, plugging in my keywords and getting oh, like a thing that I want to actually read, you know? Um, and the interesting thing about it is, is this, even though we started with this small problem of just sending these five links, mm-hmm. actually there's a lot more links available. So what we're realizing is that there's scope here to build a live site. Um, uh, there's an email it leads with an email, but then you can click the more and view more. And so the live site that we're building is basically just completely fast and you can like scan around different topics that you're really into. And so it's like a new kind of, um, I guess it's like a new kind of hacker news experience, but it's not a community. It's just pulling in, pulling from every community. Right, right, um, right. And it's just giving you really high quality stuff. So I'm super excited about it. And the mission, um, I think we feel both very motivated about this, is like the curation of, of all that, all the shit on the internet, basically. How do you find really valuable stuff that's interesting so that when you sit down to read something, you're not like scrolling through, you know, 50 links. Like you're actually getting to the right link straight away. So it's so it's going to send you, so it can be any number of topics, right? And you're going to get 
the top things uh, relevant to those of the web emailed exactly. to you what, every morning or something like that? Ex well, exactly. I mean, that, that's that's the basic um, the basic premise of it. So that's going to be the <clears throat> like the free lead in. So yeah, you can you can you know you could have Node.js, you could have um, C you could have high frequency trading. You know, you can put all that stuff in there, and then you you know based on our um, let's just put it as an emerging signal algorithm where we create a signal value for every article. Um, we'll just give you the top five, and we've got you know a lot going into that, and it's very interesting and quite mathematical and very exciting to be honest. So how many people have you are, are experimenting with it now? Well, we're still at the stage where it's just Joe and me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we, it's, it's early days, but it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of data sources to deal with. And, um, there's a lot of even upfront scaling that we have to deal with. Right. Um, you know, it's like, we, we don't want to go bankrupt sending out the emails. So we got to work out you know, how can we support like sending out, I don't know, 10,000 emails a day without it costing us a ridiculous amount of money? Well, you um, know, obviously but, you subscribe to it. You pay, you have people pay $5 a month or something. Well, but, but because of my entrepreneurial experience and everything I've done with Nugget, I know that the best way to, to create viral spread for something like this is to have a completely, you know, an always, always free version. Um, so that is um, a big part of the marketing. But by the way, We've, we're using some really cool tech on this. So everything is serverless, um, AWS, Lambda, mm, um, cool. including Laravel. So all, so all the front-end stuff is using a tool called Laravel Vapor, right. um, where we're sort of deploying that that way. And then there's another super cool thing called Laravel Livewire, where it gives you a single-page web, web app experience without needing to, to write any JavaScript. So it's, that's really sweet. So are, do you think it'll be some combination of advertising and subscription? Yeah, that's exactly right. right. I do think that. I think that. So, I mean, of course, you know, you can imagine the conversations, like Joe, this is going to be huge, <laughs> and he's like, down. "Settle down, settle down." <laughs> so, there's a lot of uh, fun back and forth like that. But um, yeah, I I do think this definitely has scope for advertising uh, across between advertising and subscription, and because really the problem that we're we're solving um, is is essentially data curation. We're thinking about it like two two aspects. Like one aspect is the morning brief and that side of things, which is like a front end type thing. Right. But actually, the back end system is its own, is its own thing that we could probably create quite a few different products off. And um, I've I've christened that back end system Goldfinger. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we talk about okay. What like when we, it's like a difference. So we're working on Goldfinger or we're we working on morning brief. So. Yeah, well, put me on. I want to be. I want to be a beta tester as soon as you got it ready. To oh, for sure. But you've you've got such high um, standards, so you're oh, not going to be one of the very first. Okay, I've got a couple of other things to tell you about that that I think you're going to like. Um, well, 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 quick before quick, how long until you will be taking in your initial beta group? Do you think is this something where you're like months away, or are you or weeks away? April fifteenth. Okay. So I'm planning. I'm I'm planning on releasing to just to friends, like maybe to you and a couple of other people. Something like that, yeah. And so we would just go in, and I would I would enter half a dozen or so keywords, and then I would get a daily morning brief with links to the best links to those topics. Exactly, and you and you can if there's more links on a specific topic, you can jump into the live app and start browsing around there as well. And when you do go through the onboarding experience, you are going to see the gaming dev experience that I had from Roblox in a very big way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you, are you, so the onboarding is like its own game. 
are you going to have it so that you could form spontaneous groups to discuss it, like on uh, Discord or or Clubhouse or something like that? So we're we're really um, so far we're really reticent about creating any kind of community because essentially um, a lot of the data sources, not all of them, but a lot of the data sources are communities. So we don't really want to steal their traffic. In fact, we we'd kind of like to help them. So you know, drive people to those communities to discuss it there. Oh, yeah. That's sort of what we're thinking. You know, we don't ever want them to turn around and say you can't can't use us. Right. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. So some uh, in other news. Um, we are, we're creating a mascot for this brand. Um, and the mascot is a, is a, a cute robot that hasn't been fully designed yet, but can you guess who is, uh, who we've commissioned to create that? Oh, um, I'm blanking on his name. He, uh, he, uh, Jackson, Scotty. Scott Jackson. Yep. Scotty. Jackson. Yeah, he created who the, we use for any food, any yeah. food character. He was amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a so super cool. nice guy. Yeah. Really nice. And you guys are paying him, right? Oh yeah. Because yeah, he he's he's promised he's such a nice guy. He's like, oh, you don't have to pay me and this and that. I remember like he refused to. Get oh, his rates have gone like I remember the last time I tried to 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 work with him. His rates were just ridiculous. Like I was like, dude, you've got to charge more. But I think he's finally learned that lesson, so he's charging a sensible rate. Okay, that's good. He's he's a he's he's as nice of a guy as he is talented, and it's sometimes it's hard for really nice people like that to charge a fair rate for themselves. But he's uh -huh. good. Yeah, he's your guy, man. No question. Yeah. Super excited about it. So, um, and uh, to give you a hint, in the onboarding, it's the robot talking to you, <laughs> helping you. <laughs> right, right. And it's looking, it's looking great. Like that part's already good. So it's the morning um, brief, is what it's called. Morning brief, yeah. Morning brief. Right. What do you think of that brand? Is that okay for you? Yeah, no, it sounds good. Sounds good. Um, a final little piece about that is, um, we've sort of been talking about this idea because Joe's really into publishing. And we've been talking about this idea that, you know, newspapers are going kind of extinct. But in the meantime, the experience of a Sunday morning reading through the newspaper is kind of awesome, drinking your coffee, reading through your newspaper. So we had this idea of, of creating a podcast, a, a morning brief podcast, that is about the quest to create New York Times style newspapers, but based on your keywords, that's 100% relevant to you, that's shipped to you. So it's not um, that, I mean, there's so many problems to, to, to create that. Like, how do you print giant personalized papers? <laughs> how do you distribute the royalties to writers who didn't sign up? So it's the kind of thing that's like quite, it's quite a quixotic kind of quest, but it might be an interesting podcast with like a, an ongoing problem to try and solve. And, you know, the only way the problem would ever be solved is if the core product morning brief actually got somewhere. So, you know, we wouldn't even have enough money to do it in the first place. But still, we just thought it would be kind of maybe an interesting, fun content marketing type of idea. It's not decided, but it's just something we were thinking about. Yeah, no, that's, um, I, you know, I can see there definitely seems like there's some potential there. This is, this is, yeah, this is a nice idea. I mean, I think a lot of people have, well, you know, Substack has been taken off, right? Yeah. And, and it's like, you're basically subscribing to writings from individual people. Um, exactly. And, um, you know, people are having, now the only problem with it though, as I'm noticing inbox is I get, as I'm getting too much stuff in my inbox, it's like my new to-do list. And if you're inbox zero, like me, where you like to keep, you don't like having hundreds of thousands of things in your inbox, it drives you a little crazy. So that's the only, that's the only, I think, limiting factor. But although I think it seems like a lot of people I talk to are not like that. They just have a, they have like inbox infinite. 
you know. Well, wouldn't it be cool if like there was a service that could just give you the top five links or the top ten links from all your different stuff? Yeah, no, I'd, you know, like I said, that could mean that means you could like uh, lower down your, you know, the size of stuff that you get every day. Right. Well, I'm just saying that like if if people are subscribing to Substack stuff, then I'm just saying that you know I subscribe to two or three different people, and now I get like I get all the stuff that I want to read, and then I my inbox starts overflowing because I don't have a time to read it all. But I don't want to I delete it. So what do I do? I no, I hear you. But Substack would be one of the sources we'd we track. Right. Right. So you'd, you'd plug in your keywords, and then when once that was mentioned in Substack. Yeah. You know? now, I, I could see how you could, um, you'd go, you know, once you had enough people subscribing to certain keywords or sets of keywords, you could do all kind of stuff around, you could build communities or build audience, an audience around that. You could do a lot of things with that, obviously. Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. And it's, I feel, I do feel a sense of mission about it because I, because you know, I think it's really good to give people good knowledge and different people, you know, some people want trashy knowledge. Some people want knowledge about mathematics. Some people want knowledge about whatever. And there isn't really a good way to find that. Like we're, we're at peak, <laughs> we're at peak content, you know, like how, like there's no kind of discover, there's no kind of discovery engine that's really gives you relevant content. So I sort of think like in, in the very beginning of the internet, Yahoo, people that was manually created, you got high quality links, but then people were like, okay, that's the, the problem with that is, you know, it's just, it's, it's just what they said. It's not what I'm interested in. Then, then comes Google. But then the problem with that is it's just, it's specific, but it's not really valuable. It's specific. You get the specific content, but it's not really high value in that sense. And it doesn't give you any browsability or ex discovery. So the part that I'm super excited about is creating this, like, you know, this 3.0 version of like content discovery. Right. Oh. Sounds yeah. great. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, like I said, put me on the beta list. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. All right, bud. So you're on it. So do you wanna uh do you wanna wrap this up now and then save the rest for our next our next No, I've got just two just a couple of things. Oh you do? Oh, okay. Um, Good. Yeah, just a couple of things. Oh, okay. So um T V shows. Ah, okay. Okay, I've got there's three great T V shows I have to okay. promote. Resident Alien. Resident Alien, oh, right. that's the comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's comedy blonde guy from um, <laughs> Firefly or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, but it's, it, especially the first three episodes are really funny. It's, it's like a little bit of a slow build for the first episode. Okay. But then it just gets really funny. Um, but it's not crude like that other one that I, I sent you to. Oh, uh, what was that um, one? It's just, it's just, I can't remember what that one was like. But anyway, I've, ju I've just started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm so excited. I've got like seven seasons ahead of me and I love it. <laughs> so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is good, huh? Oh, yeah. It's great. I think I watched that. I think we watched that for the first half of the season. I don't think we made it past it. It was one of our family shows. Mm, it's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then Killjoys, another, another sci-fi show, um, which I really personally got a kick out of. Killjoys. Yeah, that was or that came around the same time as The Expanse, right? Yeah, and I can always get I, I like it up. because it's very um. They kind of swear and but but not exactly swear. They sort of use space swearing. Bracken. Sort of like like what the hell's is going on? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and and like I think they have the quintessential characters that that you need. Like they're just the really big sort of good looking beefcake guy, mm -hmm. and then um the smart guy, and just just the whole way that it's put together. It's kind of interesting. Totally. I like it. Huh. So so. What, which one is your top one? 
which one was the must see this? Well, I, I wouldn't say that you must see it, but for my personal enjoyment, Killjoys was the best. Okay. Um, but that was just what I personally enjoyed. I think that might be a quirk of mine because it is quite quirky and it's got this British lead character. And um, I just enjoyed the the general sort of dicking around interaction that they have. Right. Like every, every scene, they're just, they're just like making fun of each other, basically. <laughs> well, you know when, um, well, I've been watching with Sandy, which is an exceptional show, is um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. I haven't, haven't seen that. You haven't seen it? No, no, no. That's a that's a that's kind of a must watch, I think. Now, okay. it, it's kind of brutal at times, so yeah, you know, it, it, there's some stress involved, but it's mm-hmm. it's um, it's amazing. I only kind of half watched it in the first two, um, you know, kind of the first two episodes, uh, first two seasons, and then I got kind of sucked into it, and now it's like I'm in every night we we watch it. So, <laughs> uh, Peaky Blinders is just uh, an amazing, amazing show. That's awesome. So I would. That's that's my recommendation. I'm trying to think of okay. anything else I'd see. Oh, we tried. Oh, oh, oh there's okay. there was one other. Okay. Oh, you, you tell me, but I'll I'll tell you what after that. Um, I've got I forgot the name of it, so I have to search it. Good. Well, um, I'm trying to think. We, you know, we one thing we watched was um, WandaVision. That was a pretty good series. Okay. I would give that a, a thumbs up, definitely. Um, which is if you watch the Marvel, if you watch the Marvel movies, you got to see WandaVision. Did you watch Cobra Kai? No, it looked kind of funny, but I didn't. I never. Thought. I really like. I, I got onto that because um, I listened to that uh, the, when Elon Musk went on Clubhouse, and they said, "What what show are you you know do you like?" And he he just sort of like wistfully said, "Cobra Kai." That show, it's it's just. I mean, it it's just it's Cobra Kai. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I've got to watch that show. And and did you? It's such a great. And did you do, do you like it or what? Yeah, it's great. I've never seen a show like it before. It's 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 a new concept. Basically, they go, they they build on the Karate Kid and then they create this entire series out of all the actual characters that were in those really old Karate Kid shows. Right. And they they keep it going and then they intersplice Karate Kid 1 and 2 into the middle of the current footage. So cuz they sort of wistfully look away and think about something and then they actually show what happened in Karate Kid. Right, so it's right. it's really weird how it's like just completely built up on the on the actual show. Okay, Cobra Kai. What about movies? Um, I haven't. Did you see? Um, did of. you see um, Zach Zach Schneider's? That's Zach Schneider cut of Justice League. No, I didn't. That was good. It's like four hours, but it was much. Oh man, it was much better than the original, oh, wow. which I thought really kind of sucked. I mean, I would say it's a, a great, but it's it's uh, it's much closer in um to the feel of uh dawn of justice which i liked i mean john of justice had a you know i think some plot holes or whatever but it's still uh, i thought a really well-made movie in a lot of ways and this is very similar mm. to that but you know okay. what i watched which I, I i liked but then i didn't totally understand was tenet you seen tenet. that one? i haven't so no, that what's it about so that um uh is a chris nolan movie it's sort of like Sort of time. It sounds tra- familiar. It's like it's sort of time travel like. It's it's like you know Inception, the dreams within dreams within dreams. Yeah. And it got really complicated. Tenet I was think like. I might that. have seen it. I think I might have seen it. Let me just see. Ten. No, you would you would know. I think you would know if you had seen Tenet. And maybe it's just on my list of I need to watch it. Oh, Tenet. No, I haven't seen it. No, you would know. Um, I'm gonna have to watch it again because I just <laughs> I knew it was gonna <laughs> be confusing and I was ready for it to be confused, but I was still confused. <laughs> 
Um, I think the joke was that if you watch it backwards, it'll make sense. <laughs> because of the time travel. Um, but um, yeah, I, that's, that's probably it. I, I think it's probably worth watching. But it, it, again, it's one of those where you have to decide whether you're willing to be a little confused or not. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But Peaky what, Blinders for sure. What cadence would you like to do these shows? Is it like every nine months? I mean, what what is the moving forward? How do you want to do it? We, I mean, we can do it more frequently. I mean, you were doing another podcast for a long time, so I didn't, you know, I think that was kind of your thing for a while, right? Whatever happened to that exactly? Well, um, we've sort of moved along to a texting style schedule now. Okay. <laughs> so we've we've recorded uh, fifty episodes. Um, Thirteen wow. yet to be, thirteen yet to be released. Um, but for me, um, I I sort of we I think we both sort of felt the same at the same time that we might just stop the more regular um output of it um because really the key problem that i for me um you know selfishly the key problem that i wanted to to, to solve with that was to like find out what i was going to work on what i was going to do um but now i'm now i know what i'm doing and i'm so happy with the morning brief work that um and i think that's a key that's a kind of point about podcasting in general like even we've gone through some difficult periods when I haven't had much to talk about, you know? So I just think, you know, you, you kind of need to need to have some, either be solving a problem together or both both solving, you know, problems that you can, you're both really free to talk about on air or something like that. Hmm. Well, yeah. And anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm up for doing it more frequently if you want. I mean, just, I'd like to, you know, I'd love to just let me know. know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, so, I, so a, I'll just, there's, there's a lot I'll I can you. talk about. I mean, obviously there's a bunch of stuff I'd even bring up. You know, dude, time like you are unstoppable. Like you're the talking, <laughs> you're the, <laughs> you're the, you're the, you are literally the god of talking. Yeah, like Thor is the god of thunder. Yeah, like, well, there's a lot. There's I've a just lot had. That, I, the uh, thing is, I've just had so much on my plate that I just haven't had. Um, I just haven't felt like I had a lot of time. I was under a lot of pressure for the Math Academy stuff for a long time. We were trying to automate all this stuff, and yeah. there were just technical issues left and right, and all the schools. To, you know, are using it in all these classes, and if you have problems, I mean, it's like it's it's stressful when you know when you get a, we you get a, uh, a a a text from a, a instructor says that none of the kids can do their assignment, right? Mm. Like that's really bad, or there's yeah, or, or yeah. a bunch of kids okay. their quiz they lost their quiz it doesn't you know that's very it's really frustrating really stressful and I mean it didn't happen didn't have really bad blowups but there were a lot of things that were that were potentially problematic and there were a lot of little issues and stuff that I was having to work through and it was just like it was just taking up all my time and all my energy and I just was like ugh. Yeah. Are you through that patch now then do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's always I mean there's still a ton to do. I mean the product has still not been realized, you know, it has not been fully realized. Um it does what it needs to do. Um there are there are still um there are still just things that we need to make better i mean you know one of the problems for instance is um for kids who have a certain level of conscientiousness or 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 are just you know strong students who want to do a good job the system works really really well for students who are less motivated who are not going to try unless you make them try it's harder and one of the down, one of the weaknesses in the system is that you have a daily assignment. When you complete the assignment, you're done, right? The problem is 
some kids would just do a crappy job and be like, I'm done. Right? Mm. But that's not, you're actually not done because you did a really crappy job. So all the stuff that you, that you did, you're kind of have to redo tomorrow. And you'd think that doing a poor job in an assignment and for that information to be shared with parents would be enough to motivate the kids to do a better job. It just doesn't for some kids. What I call the, what I call the adversarial student. The student is who's mm. not, who's essentially trying not to learn. They're trying to expend the least amount of energy they possibly can to get through it so they can go play video games or whatever else is they want to do. Right? So <laughs> one of the reasons I've been talking about gamification is building it in a way where you only get points if you pass the lesson, right? You have to you know, successfully complete the level or whatever. Jack played this game that was insanely effective at keeping his attention of learning. For each thing that you got right, you got like a, a building block of, a, of like a hamster, like a, like a home for a hamster. So you had a hamster that you looked after and then you got a building block and then you could build his home out of the different building blocks, you know, like, like one of those tube building homes for hamsters and, um, you know, food and all that kind of stuff. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say it's, a, you know, that's a, you know, kind of a gamification technique is that you, by successfully completing some task, something positive happens, you get points or badges or you're building something or whatever it is. Well, it's the, the hero quest specifically. Have you looked at um, the Octalysis game framework? Yeah, I have that book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So, but anyway, the, the the point is, is that we don't have that built in yet, and so yeah. it's not it's not it's not doing what it needs to do to to get the less conscientious kids over the hump. You know, and so there's like a lot of work to be done around that. That is going to be a fun thing to talk about. So definitely, I think we should, so. We should we should bump up the. Yeah, uh, it should be fun. But um, yeah, it's just a lot to do, man. I mean, it's not blowing up like it was. There were times where we were just like, God, you know, I get wake up in the morning and there are texts and emails and bugs. And you're just like, oh, brutal. Oh, man. But um, yeah, and yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I know we're kind of wrapping up, so I don't, I, I'll leave enough uh, left, <laughs> for, leave it for the next time we record a show. But um all right. Well, I'll I'll shoot for two weeks. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if that works. Um, and then you know, yeah, whatever happens. I know that actually this time around, just for everyone's edification, I cancelled like the last three weekends. So we were supposed to record three weekends ago, um, but it was just because of like different things. Like I got kidney stones. Georgie, you know, went out. Georgie like, got kidney the, stones. The, and then you got no, kidney she, stones again. She went for the out for the day, and it was just me and Jack. So yeah. So no, once once I, it's on a cadence, then I know that I can. Like put that on our schedule and say, okay, that Sunday we're going to do it. Okay, yeah. Well, just let me know. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty flexible now. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still working a fair amount, but you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of over that period where I mean, there was a period of several months. It felt like a four months period where I was. I mean, I was, I was working till a lot of times till midnight or one in the morning. Oh, dude. And getting up at dawn and cranking, you know, cranking. That's the COVID-15 right there. I mean, that's what makes you put on weight. Yeah, no, it was pretty brutal. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we're, I'm out of those woods anyway. <laughs> so, Sweet. So. All right. All right. So that's, that's it, right? We're going to. Yep. Shut it down. You good? You got it. You got, you got all the reveals you're going to reveal for the day. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm waiting for you to say the, the special keywords. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>